Across America, BP supports more than 275,000 jobs to keep energy flowing. Jobs like building grid-scale solar energy in Ohio and producing gas with fewer operational emissions in Texas. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. What's up, Gypsy Gang? We are back for another episode of the Gypsy Tales podcast. And today we're talking with the debutante himself, Brock Feeney, the great man, uh, made his debut in the Supercast Championship for the Ampol Red Bull Racing Team this last weekend. And uh, we just thought, probably better get the uh the future the future uh champ potentially uh in the studio before he really sets off on his career so brock's a legend uh we've been friends for a little while now and just kind of waiting for the right time to do this one uh he's only 18 years old but wise beyond his years i thoroughly enjoyed talking to him on this podcast and uh gonna enjoy watching him this year we've got a couple of uh gypsy tales homies driving for the red bull ampole racing svg big fan of the show we're a big fan of him uh and brock is in the same boat two absolute crazy moto heads uh so we are stoked before we get into the podcast though as always just a quick word from our epic sponsors that keep the lights on and today i'm pleased to announce uh, that Manscaped has launched their ultra premium collection. Believe it or not, it's for your not-so-private parts. I'm talking about a leveled-up hygiene routine with your favorite manly scent, this all-in-one skin and hair care kit for the everyday man, like myself, like you guys out there, uh, and covers you from head to toe, literally. Manscaped is trusted below the waist. Now trust them with the rest. Join the 4 million men worldwide who trust Manscaped by going to manscaped.com for 20% off plus free shipping with the code gypsy gang. Uh, look, I need this to be honest. Uh, the hair is getting pretty wild these days and until Bali, I never really had a proper hair care routine. I had some help with hair care over there, which was quite nice. Uh, and just, I think I'm a changed man. I think I'm going to be doing the conditioner thing from now on. Uh, yeah, pretty hard with the, with the long lock sometimes, but now the guys at Manscaped have just made it so easy to make this happen. Uh, you guys can also get their performance package. That's what I use when it comes to the below the waist stuff. Uh, their new lawnmower 4.0 is for that pre- precise trim below the waist with their advanced skin safe technology to reduce cuts and nicks to your most delicate areas. Uh, but now you can add the ultra premium collection to this. Uh, this kit includes Manscaped premium deodorant, hydrating body moisturizer, body wash, two-in-one shampoo and conditioner, uh, and as always, a little free gift, a uh, three-pack set of lip balm that is made up of ingredients such as vitamin E, peppermint, eucalyptus oil to keep those chappers feeling moist. All this at manscaped.com and again, 20% and free shipping when you use the code gypsygang at checkout. 
Uh, we're also brought to you by the guys at Crush Oz. You can head to crushoz.com.au. The best bike wash in the game. You've just kept your body clean with Manscaped. Now it's time to keep your bike clean with the guys at Crush Oz. Uh, if you're new to that brand and you haven't already jumped on board, the performance bucket, the bike care kit, that's probably your one-stop shop just to get you in, get you in the program uh, and see what you've been missing out on all these years. Once again, crushoz.com. We're also brought to you by the guys at MX Store. You can head to mxstore.com.au as always for the largest range of dirt bike parts and accessories. And if you order for 2 p.m., you will get same-day shipping. Uh, we're also brought to you by the guys at antigravitybatteries.com. Uh, these guys make the best lithium batteries for your dirt bike, for cars, jet skis, the whole deal. Uh, these guys do everything. They're trusted by race teams all over the world, most notably Star Yamaha, Pro Circuit, Factory Kawasaki. Uh, these guys hook it up. We've got one in my 350. Uh, I'll be putting one in my Fink bike. Uh, I'll be putting them in my new truck when I get it. Uh, and also the USB chargers are pretty massive. Got one of them in, in my bag at all times. Also by the guys at Fist, fisthandware.com and the legends at Rival Ink Design Co. You can head to rivalinkdesignco.com uh, to peep what they got going on. They are the leaders in the graphic industry worldwide. So thank you very much. Enjoy this podcast. Gypsy Gang. From the gang all right. Let's do it. We're on, mate. Brock Fiend, welcome to Gypsy Tales. We're doing it. How are you, mate? Yeah, good. Bring this bad boy up. Yeah. You, yeah, you don't have to sit into it. You can just bring it wherever. Yeah. Mate, how does it feel to race your first <laughs> full-time supercars drive? How many times do you reckon I was asked that uh, on the weekend? <laughs> yeah, over it. Like, let's talk about supercross first. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Get to the real business. Uh, what have you thought of the season thus far? Um, supercross? It's uh, been sick. Yeah. It has been really cool. Um it's good to see the mix up like i'm it's cool that eli's gone to yammy and like jace has gone to cowie and they've both gone better than yeah. where they have been the first few rounds i thought it wasn't making a difference for eli because he was sort of just off the podium but yeah man things have clicked haven't they yeah yeah it's been a, it's probably one of my favorite seasons to watch in a while 250 class is a bit of a bummer i think we almost need to start having the conversation about like making it one class instead yeah, of the I, east for west because every single year it seems like the guys get hurt and it's like two dudes that are running for those top spots but the 450 class this year has just been epic every single weekend i think though if they did put the 250 class together it'd nearly be like the 450s yeah and it's hard this year because like colt got injured race yeah. one justin cooper got injured before the season so jeremy martin's now yeah injured. yeah the, there's some really good guys in there but they're all just getting hurt or same as jet like he's lucky he had hunter that he could swap out for but yeah it is definitely the thing though they they sort of need to do something with it because like christian's absolutely dominated and jet's absolutely dominated yeah. obviously when we get to the showdowns it'll be cool but and see that's the thing that's what we're living for like we're living we're for just the, waiting for it. the east west because yeah. like the actual races themselves are kind of fizzling out a bit yeah but man 450s how good's it been yeah like kenny's taking a break now yeah what do you think about that uh, <laughs> i don't know it's it's hard to understand what's happening like i remember at a1 he came out after he won said i've been crook heaps all december and he put that video out he could hardly breathe sort of thing yeah um but yeah he's at a rough trot like 
Yeah, big time. Is he going to come back is is the next thing. Like, yeah. It's all good to take a break, but is you can tell he's enjoying being a dad. He's probably going to enjoy it more now that he's not thinking about motorbikes. So. And I think too, like he's actually had these big layoffs with injuries. So you, you see a lot of guys, say an Eli Tomac, hasn't really had to deal with that many never. injuries in his career. So he sort of never gets a taste of the good life away from racing yeah. where you get to enjoy the fact that you've made heaps of money and you've you know got a nice place to live and you've got a cool family you're sort of perpetually in that grind whereas kenny's had these forced layoffs with these injuries and stuff to where he actually has got to sample what <laughs> living a good life yeah. actually is like he started out a couple of outdoor seasons and things like that so yeah maybe he's just just done but you've got to think i reckon if he didn't win that first round it'd be so much easier to say like he's not happy with the bike he's yeah. he hasn't got the pace to do it anymore but he won the first round by it felt it's like 20 him. seconds yeah. you know so obviously the bike's good obviously he can still go that fast so it's either he's struggling mentally which i could see totally. as a possibility yeah or there's some physical stuff going on or it's a mixture of the two yeah i think the hard thing is though he's got chase come in as you know, he's basically a rookie because he only did a couple of races last year. Yeah. And, you know, Chase is a title contender. You know, if he didn't have that crash a few weeks ago, he would be still right in the mix. So, I think for Kenny, it's, um, you know, before he didn't have the strongest teammates. Now he's got a kid that's come in that's smashing him. Yeah. He's obviously had a rough start to the season. It's like, where's he go from here? So, uh, there's a lot of questions like what's actually happened to him, but... Um, you know, at the end of the day, it's his, it's what he wants to do. And yeah. I suppose as fans, we should appreciate that and, and let him do his thing. But fingers crossed, he, he does come back is, is the biggest thing for us watching. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's crazy to me, the level though, like I think visibly a three was a sick example of the level yeah. that the top boys are running because Ando through the whoops. It was just rolling the dice. Every time he went through that whoop section, he was basically just rolling the dice of whether or not he was going to come out of it or not. That, in the end, was what broke Tomac off his tail because Tomac's been like, you know what? Yeah. I'm not going to risk it in this way. So it was like Ando had those five laps. I reckon it was maybe five or six laps of just absolutely kamikaze style through those whoops to get that gap to Eli and then that pretty much decided the race that's the first time in a while where for me watching a race you've seen a guy go to that extreme to win to win yeah so imagine being Kenny and you know that that's what it takes to win and yeah. you're not feeling it on the bike mentally you're not feeling it and then you've got some physical sickness basically if like from putting myself in Ken's shoes, you're looking at that and you're going, I can't win. That's a, would be a crazy feeling. Yeah. And for him, who's realistically had a shot at winning the last two years and you could say nearly thrown it away. Like he's had a great shot. Um, man, he's had a rough start. Like I was looking at his results like last night and it's like 13th, 7th, 13th, 8th. Like this dude's top three every weekend. He's sort of been yeah. a consistent guy the last few years. And He's getting smashed, so I mean, he's getting taken out turn one nearly every every race. He's <laughs> yeah. just getting put in bad positions, so it's it's hard to see. Like a few times, he's been lapped. Like I know some things are going wrong, but it's been tough. Well, it's, he's been out of the top ten more this season than is than in his entire career. Yeah, 
crazy, isn't it? Crazy statistic. But even like what you were going back before about Jace and Eli and that, it's weird seeing Eli, like I feel like he's already in championship mode nearly already. Yeah. Like he's always that guy that just goes out and seems like he's just flat out the whole time. But it's cool to see him and Anderson go at it this year because... I mean, Anderson's just gnarly. He's out. He's like out of control, just hanging on to the thing. And Eli looks really calculated this year, so it's going to be pretty cool into the season, I think. Yeah, no, it's been sick to watch. So we, we need to get you in for a companion. Yeah. I know you boys have been busy, <laughs> but so you've have you been a lifelong Moto fan because of your old boy, basically? So like, I I first knew your old man through the Husky thing, yeah. way back in the day. So is that like? Was Moto your first initial kind of uh, love, I guess? Oh, 100%. So, um, yeah, Dad was a professional superbike rider back in what it have been, 70s and 80s sort of thing um, and then went into selling motorbikes. So, um, Kawasaki dealer and worked his way up to importing Husqvarna and distributing it in Australia. So, ever since I was born, I've like i started riding motorbikes at three you know we lied really? at, we lied about my age to get on the racing at three at mike hatches um so, oh at the flat track there. yeah the flat track so all i did was flat track i never did motocross dad sort of kept me away from that a little bit but yeah. even before i can remember i've been riding bikes like everyone that worked at dad's shop would think i was this little pest because i was you know running around the workshop on push bikes or motorbikes just causing chaos but um yeah i still think i am more of a a motorbike fan at heart and i still feel like i'm a two-wheel guy but i've ventured off in a different path it's crazy because ricardo is the exact same yeah like he just frosts the two wheels and he probably follows that more than the four-wheel stuff and it's just like two wheels two wheels two wheels but then the career path sort of just molded goes in a different way yeah, it goes into a different way what well how did that come about it was weird so yeah basically from three till i was eight or nine it sounds so weird talking about it because i was so young but we were traveling the country doing all the flat track stuff um yeah running national titles and that and i went really well in those years you know sort of when i was on the 50s and sort of moving up i was doing really good and the whole plan was one day to try and you know follow dad's footsteps go road racing and um try and follow these guys that i've been idolizing for years but when i was about eight uh, trying to think when it would have been about 2010 we went to thailand for a holiday with the family and we went to the high cart track on like the first day of the holiday and basically every single other day of the holiday we went back to the high cart track and really i've got an older brother as well and we both loved it we came back and one of our mates shannon wheel is you know motorbike me and his young bloke race each other he was good mates with a karting dealer and they had to come and try a day on at ipswich so we went up first day, carved it up, loved it, was doing really well. So we bought a couple of carts, basically took him out to Mick's or Mick yeah. Doan's track at his house and did a couple of laps like that week. Then they sat in the shed, went back flat track racing for the rest of the year. Um, starting to get a little bit like more serious in the dirt track now, like starting to move up. My brother was in 250s. I was sort of moving up to 85s and stuff like that. And then there was a race on at Gympie in 2012. It was like Jan it was like the first week of January. We went there, did that first race. That was it. Bikes never saw the track again. Really? It was like looking back on it, it's it's like crazy how it happened because we were like heart and soul dirt bike, like flat track the whole time. Yeah. Always dirt track. 
and then it was just like that and it was it was done it feels weird looking back on it but obviously i just it's hard to actually remember what i felt like but i obviously just had that connection with four wheels straight away and um yeah you know in dirt track you, you see a lot of people get hurt and stuff like that and at a young age i think it hurt dad that we went four wheels but at the same time i know he looks back on it now and it's like that's probably the best decision we've ever made yeah dude yeah that is crazy yes. to just be fully bitten by by the bug that hard and then just like drop it and, and go all the way into the four wheels was it do you remember the feeling that you had in the cart like was it something that you just felt so comfortable or super connected or I don't know, because there's got to be something that really just takes you over to, to drop it like that. Yeah, it was for sure. I remember that first, like, come and try day at Ipswich. Like, don't mean to sort of pump on my tires a little bit, but I got out there and I was, like, smashing every other kid there. Um, and it was just good fun. And I felt like I'm so lucky that I found my thing because, you know, dirt track was going really well. I was enjoying it. But, man, once I, had, like, drove a go-kart, I was like... I this was my thing it was like it just all opened up i'm like man i've found my thing that works so well for me so yeah looking back on it i still don't understand how that transition happened so quick but i'm yeah i'm so glad that it happened but yeah that that first day was pretty cool at ipswich and i suppose it goes back to when we're in phuket running around the higher kite track yeah it's it's crazy thinking about it yeah, man, that yeah, I, I didn't know it was that drastic of a of a change for you. Yeah, it's like if we didn't go on the holiday though. Yeah, I don't know where I'd be. That that's a, that's like the craziest thing about it. It's like so many things lead to something, but if we didn't go to the high cart track that day, yeah, I don't know what it'd be. Yeah. Maybe I'd be riding. Maybe I'd be riding motorbikes. Maybe I'd be at uni. I'd just be maybe another nineteen year old kid. But I suppose yeah. we'll never know. Yeah. Well. <laughs> I, I kind of half thought that it might have been a case of your old boy knowing the injuries and knowing the stuff that kind of can go wrong in the two wheels yeah. and then sort of just slowly shifted you into four just out of safety almost because I think that's kind of the case with Jack in a way Yeah, is that Mick had obviously all these crazy injuries and knows the risk that goes into being a two-wheeled racer as opposed to this bit more safety of a four-wheeled um racer so it's like maybe he's just going all right let's just kind of go into this more safer zone yeah that definitely wasn't dad's thoughts like (laughs) (laughs) um yeah like now i look at it he's like he's so glad and that's sort of one thing why we never did motocross he was always you know yeah and and he was always running race teams in motocross with husky and that and seen riders get hurt and you know people that we're friends with getting hurt and you know some really bad things happen so that's why we always did flat track and the whole goal was probably when i was about 10 like start riding road like start getting into road bikes a little bit so my whole we sort of i suppose dad sort of planned it out you know we'll do flat track yeah. until i'm old enough and then start doing road racing but yeah looking back on it i'm i'm glad where i'm at because you see some of your mates getting busted up and it's yeah. pretty it's pretty hard to see but um yeah he still wanted me to ride definitely still wanted me to ride dirt bikes and i'm sure it probably hurt him a bit at the time when was the last time you rode um when it was schoolies for school so 2020 really Instead of going partying i went dirt bike riding with seth crump <laughs> yeah, yeah and you were flat tracking uh no we went i've got like family down in braidwood which is near canberra and yeah. it's just he's on heaps of property um so it's basically enduro loops and it goes on to national parks and stuff like that so we did 
we only rode for two days. Um, we did, yeah, a massive enduro loop and then sort of grass track and a bit of motocross. But it's been it's been hard the last few years, to be honest. Ever since I started doing go-karting and got serious, the first few years I was still riding like probably once or twice a year. Doesn't yeah. sound like much, but once I started getting serious in karts, it's been lucky to be once every year. But before last year, it'd probably been four years. Wow. And like that's just a pure safety thing for me and yeah and dad as well where i'm too worried about and i know if you think about it it's probably going to happen but i'm too worried about going and injuring myself yeah uh when i've got such big races and you know that goes back to carts it shows how serious we were back then like if i injured myself and missed around the national championships it, it was going to hurt a lot so it sucks because i want to ride dirt bikes a lot and you know i'd love to try road racing and stuff like that but i just really got to focus on the next few years and yeah then, and then hopefully enjoy it a little bit more. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's one of those things too, just the level, like the career path that you're at right now, you know, like debuting with the biggest team and it's pretty high stakes at the minute. So it's like, it makes sense that you don't want to fuck around. Yeah, but, I, I can't do Yeah, it's it's a hard thing. And, you know, that's been the tough thing over the last few years and especially not knowing when you're going to go racing. It, it's, it's been tough for everyone, obviously, mm. the last couple of years. But... um my only sort of time now is as soon as the last race ends at the end of the year i've got probably two or three months to um i suppose enjoy it but the way i look at it is if something i look at the worst case which yeah um because you know when you're at a dirt bike anything anything can happen yeah. like uh you just look at your period of time and you know if i do get injured what you know how is it going to affect my racing and sort of the way i go about everything these days i've been a very boring person probably the last six months everything i do is just how could it affect my racing so um yeah you could say it's boring but at the same time i'm just trying to do the best i can to yeah make sure um yeah my racing career is first man it's funny like i think that the the last two years man i've pretty much locked myself in a bedroom and yeah. this studio and made youtube videos and thumbnails and tried to you know do this shit there's there's a certain point i think where you make a decision and if you can see a path for yourself and you know exactly what it takes to walk that path then it looks really really boring from the outside yeah but i think that when you're in it and you know you can see the path and you can see all the ways that things can grab you and distract you so I, I know what you're saying about it. it kind of looks boring from the outside but i bet it doesn't feel boring to you at all no not at all it just feels like i'm on the grind sort of yeah, thing doing yeah. my thing but yeah. it's weird i'm like um i'm so focused on what i'm doing but at the same time you know seeing all these kids that i went to school with they're out partying every weekend and it's it's cool for me because i don't want to do that stuff whatsoever but it's like um it's a it's a weird part of my life because i suppose people look on these years as the big party years and everything i'm like i'm in the number one seat in australia like this is game time for me so yeah uh it's it's been pretty cool and you know like yourself you look at the last couple of years and you know some people have really pulled through this time really well and it's cool to see so many people killing it like yourself you know the podcast and everything i've been watching all the videos for the last few years of people you get on it's just like the guys i look up to and stuff like that so uh yeah it's cool to see the the appreciate that the uh party thing though it's always funny man when you're whatever 
I guess when you're younger, it's worse, right? So you think right now is like the prime of your partying. Uh, no. I, but, no, no, no. Like, it, trust me, young people think that when they're like 18, 19, 20, 21, that's like when you party. You don't even know how to party <laughs> when you're that age. So you're actually like not missing out on anything. Uh, I reckon it's when you get into like your late... 20s early 30s like that's when you actually know how to party so you're really not missing out anything. what you should be doing this is what every kid should be doing if you've got any interest in partying fucking make heaps of money stack your chips <laughs> get a dope life for yourself and then you can enjoy it maybe There's, that's what kenny's doing hey that's <laughs> no kenny partied <laughs> when he was younger but like i think a lot of people they come out of school and they think like i'll put my life on hold for a bit because yeah. right now is the time to party and it's like you should honestly do the, the opposite, opposite you yeah. should not party for as long as you can and then when you've got like a reason to party like partying can turn into I'm buying myself a 40-foot Riviera. And then we go out there and there's no phones and there's no receptions. And, you know, so there's like, there's levels to partying. And so when you're a 19-year-old kid, going to Sin City is just not, <laughs> it's, yeah. it's not as good as it I'm, can be I'm done. glad I don't enjoy it, to be yeah. honest, because yeah, it can be an addicting thing. You know, I see a lot of people doing it, but I um, suppose I'm so fortunate to be in the position I am that I've, you know, got a great opportunity, so... Uh, yeah, it's a pretty cool time. Yeah, man. It, it's it's rad to be a kid that's your age and have, like you said, you found your thing and yeah. you have something to just really apply yourself heart and soul because at the end of the day, like that's where fulfillment is in life, I think, is when you really find something that you're passionate about and then you just go all in. And for some people, that's not their job. Yeah. And they have to kind of do their job every day. And then they've got these things outside of their job. But when it can become both and you can kind of mold your whole lifestyle around going forwards and, you know, kicking these goals and it's what you want to be doing and it's what you get paid to do. It's a super lucky position to be in. So the fact that you realize it at this age and you're working towards it, it's just such a cool cool way to live a life you know yeah 100 percent. like i'm living my dream job at the moment so it's pretty cool and you know when i lo look on a lot of people that have become su super successful like sports people and stuff like that for some of those guys they didn't really find that till they were sort of early mid-20s yeah. and that's when they sort of kicked off their career so um it's hard to look at it from the outside on myself at the moment but when i do i realize how lucky i am at 19 to yeah already be in that position so yeah, it's, it's been a, you know, like talking about just before, I was three years old when I started riding motorbikes. Like this has literally been my whole life, nearly every weekend, going to a racetrack. So to be here and, you know, looking at it, I'm so lucky to be where I am. And uh, yeah, it's it's just been a cool ride, I suppose. So were you always a serious kid about it? Because you've kind of, you kind of got to be, it's, it's weird. I always find it interesting and weird at the same time when you get these kids that have that singular focus and they go this is what i want to be this is what i want to do you that's a, that's luck you know like you, the, you you don't really know why that's the way that you are but you look at yourself you look at jack casey as a kid you know all these young kids that dedicated their life to something from such a young age were you always one of those kids that was just like super serious i want to win i want to do good i'm going to be a professional race car driver yeah, I suppose super serious is you can look at it in a few ways, but yeah, ever since I was 
three years old, I wanted to be the best. And, you know, at that time it was a dirt track and one day I wanted to basically be a MotoGP world champion. That was my dream as a young kid. But um, the biggest thing for me is, you know, dad was mates with such a like vast amount of top level people, you know, always hanging around with Mick, Casey and dad always put in my head from that young age if you want to be successful at something you got to put in the hard work and you know it's it definitely you know when you're a young kid you're sort of mucking around you're enjoying stuff but I was still serious about going racing and all that but I suppose when I was probably 13 14 uh that's when I think I took like a turn yeah and I started getting real serious about it and that's when my results started sort of going through the roof so yeah before that I was still like if I had a bad race, I was proper upset about it. Like yeah. I'm, I'm not one that goes to the kart track and sort of mucks around with my mates and stuff like that. I was, you know, from day dot, I started racing. I wanted to win and I wanted to make a career out of this. So, uh, yeah, the, the last few years, those, you know, when you start noticing, man, if, if you don't put in the work, you get left behind. Yeah. It's so important to be around people too, yeah. from a young age, the yeah. people that you're around, just shape your mindset and mentality so much can, can you think back at some of those things that like maybe mick said or casey said or just like being around those people where things start to click when you're a kid like oh okay um i suppose it's some stories that you hear like that dad tells like you know he's been around those guys for a long time and uh you know dad always talks about the dedication that mick put in and you know from where he started to like I just hear all the stories about his training. You know, he was, the f- he was the fittest guy out there. He worked the hardest, you know. Um, on New Year's morning, he'd get up and be on the trainer like he's training. Like, the dude was, like, 100% racing and, like, mm. absolutely demolished everyone. And Dad sort of, like, put in my head that, like, Mick. Yeah. And that's what you got to work to. And it's it's just cool that I, I'm mates with Jack, I'm mates with Mick. Um, we've hung around for a while, but just seeing his attitude to everything and how serious he was about racing um and that's from a very young age you know we were traveling around all the go-kart tracks with jack and mick um and you know he definitely put that into jack as well his mentality as well so to see that and how mick operates not only in you know racing but now as a father and looking after jack's been pretty awesome but even like Casey stories, like um, some of the stuff you hear is just hard to believe, like what he actually did as a young kid and always was a star. Mm. Yeah, man, it, it it is crazy to think about the level of commitment that kids can have because yeah. that's the, you see, yeah, the Casey Stoner that is winning world titles, but it's like he retired at 27. Yeah. So you think about all the shit that he had to do as a kid to get to that point there's just such a crazy level of focus and obsession and thinking about riding and, and i mean dude i rode philip island the other day and it just puts into perspective yeah. how fucking crazy <laughs> and how committed that dude was to winning and same as mick you know like just to to go around those tracks the way that they did it just takes just a not human level of focus and ability it's pretty it it is pretty mind-blowing it is for sure and you know that's the thing though there's mick and casey but then there's also like another 20 dudes who ride a mo gp that uh one percent 
less as good as those guys so that's the thing that you know i've always tried to be is the best yeah and you know everyone does try to be the best and put in the hard work but i think it's the guys like mick and casey and i suppose you see the last few years marquez and stuff like that the guys that dominate the sport are just doing that little bit extra yeah and all the other guys might feel like they're putting in the work but these other guys are just going that extra step and that's what i hear mick did like he was just out of control putting in the work always making sure it was way better than everyone at everything and it's not just the one thing like it's yeah. not just riding the riding the bike or driving the car it's it's a lot of things that add up and um yeah there's a, a lot of things to make the full package well you even have you seen the schumacher documentary yeah yep. like you see what when ferrari was struggling in those early days that he's with ferrari and he was staying in the the team until 1 a.m 2 a.m you know while they're at races just trying to understand the car and make the car better that's the shit that makes a difference and it's sort of it's all those one percenters uh those extra one percenters but anyone can do them yeah but it's just that actual commitment to not go to your hotel room not go back when and relax and not go and kind of do the easy things it's like just stay in the grind yeah for sure it's like you've seen the movie rush with james nah, hunt, james hunt and nicky louder like james hunt's so talented um he did end up winning a world championship but partying the girls like all the cool stuff sort of thing but mm-hmm. then there was nicky louder who was so serious and he nearly knew more about the car than the team did like he developed the same thing ferrari um and basically you know was working late hours to make sure that car was better so he could beat james hunt and it's just like two ends of the spectrum. You got yeah. a dude that's crazy talented, but he's just trying to enjoy it. And then you got a guy that's super serious. And one guy went on to win multiple world championships and one guy won one. Yeah. What What's your version of those one percenters? Because I'm sure you probably don't even know all of the ways in which you could do those things yet because you're still so new to this class. I'm sure you're over the next couple of years that you're going to be able to get deeper and deeper and deeper into that rabbit hole but right now what are those one percenters going to look like for you yeah i feel like i'm still way behind like oh you will be in, for in, sure. my, in my team yeah. like i've just replaced jamie Winkup, who's the best to ever do it in supercars so yeah, you just right. you just think of <laughs> you just think of all the years that he's done and all the experience that he's got i'm done one race so yeah. i got a lot of things to catch up on but the biggest thing for me this year has been my training so like on the weekend we had two 300 kilometer races saturday and sunday and i'm used to doing like 30 40 minute races so yeah. um big difference and that's been my you know solved the past well from january basically one until the first race has just been on the grind doing that sort of stuff but um yeah the some stuff comes more natural like the interviews and stuff like that uh some people may need to work on that stuff but i feel like you know definitely got to work on it 100% but I feel like that comes a little bit more natural to me um, but yeah there, there's a lot of things like stuff that I wouldn't even know about at the yeah, moment yeah. so there's a million one percenters I suppose you could look at it's just about finding them and finding what works for yourself yeah because that's the I mean it's one of the reasons why I love doing jiu-jitsu so much and then I love the podcast so much is I always have just loved getting deeper and deeper yeah. and deeper and deeper whenever you think you know it or yeah. you, you got so long to go don't you and i think that the level of fulfillment that you can get from something for me anyway 
the the level of enjoyment that I can get from something goes up the deeper into it I get. Yeah. Like the more I learn about jujitsu, the the better I get at it, the more technical details, the things that I figure out, the fitter that I get, like deeper and deeper and deeper and deeper. I just love it yeah. so much more. And I just spent six weeks in Bali training every single day. And I was just like, fuck, this is so <laughs> sick because you're just learning these tiny little things. And it's just, it's almost like a nerdy obsession but I, I think that to I look at people that don't think like that, I'm like, oh, you're missing so much good juice, you know? Like, the more you squeeze, the more you get out, and it tastes even better. But at the start, you don't know... Well, you don't know what you don't know. So, it's like you'd be in this process now of, like, almost trying to look for these little things that you can do, you know, with the team, these little bits of data that that really matter this way that you can give feedback and then yeah the stuff with the training and there'd be just so many things right now that you could actually dive into yeah for sure and it's actually four years like to this day that i did my first ever car race so like i look back on those four years and if you asked me some questions four years ago i'd be like what the hell are you talking about we're now like um you obviously get a lot more in depth and I still don't know so much about this supercar racing and I'm, you know, trying to catch up obviously, but it's that dedication and, you know, like SVG is probably the one guy that you sort of look up to in supercars that his life is super, like racing yeah. and he's a hardcore racer and Big it's, time. So, it's so cool to have that dude in my corner and same, I got Jamie as well, but uh, it's those guys that are fully dedicated about it and just as what you're saying, you know, the more you go into it, the more you find out. So just trying to catch up at the moment. And there's a... I think that, I mean, I can see some people where they almost want to shy away from that stuff because it's not, I don't know, I don't know what it is that would make someone shy away from that. But there's there's definitely people in racing that are like, oh, I don't give a fuck about that sort of side yeah. of it. Like, that's not my job. Like, yeah. that's why I got these guys there. That, like, there's a bunch of excuses that you can make not to do that. But I think if you look at the best people in the world, that's where they were at. You know, they kind of were those sort of guys. And you know you look at Casey I remember one interview uh in like a documentary that I was watching before he did the podcast one of his engineers said I learned more from Casey than Casey learned from me yeah it's like fuck that's probably the dude you want to be yeah yeah for sure it's like have you seen the um some guy interviewing Conor McGregor read back a quote from like 2013 with him no. a few years later and it's like don't know it word by word but it was something like connor was saying i'm like an artist sort of thing i've got lost i've lost my mind in this sport basically yeah, stuff yeah. like that and i've gone crazy just dedicating my whole life to this and um when the guy read it back to connor like he'd obviously won championships in that time and stuff like that and it's just like some dudes like dedicated their whole life to it and i think that's a thing some people are so obsessed with it and other people are obsessed with it it's that extra little bit that some yeah. people go crazy with what they're doing and all you think about is racing or whatever sport you're in and it's the same i feel so weird talking about it because i'm 19 but um you see so many people that are so dedicated to something and they always end up doing really well yeah so it's it's cool to see yeah man and i mean the fact that you're 19 like you've got what what's like 15 years long service leave that you get at a company or whatever like how long have you been racing now you know like you've like yeah. almost almost due for long service leave. yeah i know <laughs> like, but you've done it a long time yeah, yeah just because you're young and i think that there's so much that you learn as a 
like when you're kind of chasing stuff like this is you learn so much by losses you learn so much by the hard times you learn so much when things aren't clicking or you don't get this drive that you wanted or you didn't get this result or something happened like there's so much growth that happens when you are you know pushing yourself and living the kind of life that that you've lived and same with jack man like we hang out with jack all the time when he's home we talk all the time he's fully like one of the boys with us he's a kid yeah and we're all grown-ass men you know so it's like to the the fact and you're the same so be able to just fit in with a crew of dudes that are in their mid-30s like you've you have lived a pretty gnarly life to kind of get to this point even though you're young oh 100 you know my nan reminds me of all the time how lucky are you brock like uh i've lived an awesome life i've traveled around the world racing go-karts and a little bit in cars as well and man i've just enjoyed it and i think that's the biggest thing i'm enjoying so much what i'm doing i just can't wait to keep doing it into the future sort of thing but um yeah it's i think young kids are sort of you know clicking a little bit earlier these days and you're seeing it in sports around the world like just getting younger and younger and younger and i think people are sort of understanding some people are leading the way when they come in young um like marquez came in as this young kid won the world championship in his first year yeah you're seeing supercross now you got chase you got jet all the young dudes coming in and yeah it's it seems like nowadays that people are clicking a little bit earlier and understanding that you've got to put in the hard work at a younger age and yeah you know everyone like jet and that they've started so young and they've just been on the grind the whole time and i've got probably a little bit of criticism over the like when my announcement came out oh these kids you know been racing for a couple of years they're completely wrong i've been racing for 15 years yeah exactly even though i was racing dirt tracks at my catches or something else i've i've been racing all that time and it's it's very easy to say ah oh, no he's not going to do the job he hasn't done enough races he doesn't understand what it's about and yeah i still got a lot to understand and that sort of stuff but i've been putting in the work you know what i mean and it's it's not only myself my parents every couple of weekends you know for 15 years we've been yeah. traveling the country and uh yeah it's a it's a long road to get to the start of your career sort of thing oh yeah and that's the thing like it's a t- you're a 10 year overnight success yeah exactly you know? and that's yeah. how everyone sees it you kind of burst onto the scene but for anyone that's been really watching for a long time yeah and it's the same with jack you yeah. know like and you you guys pretty much come up at the as real similar sort of time and you know similar age it's like oh yeah you come out of nowhere but it's like well not really we've been putting putting it in for years yeah it's cool me and jack you know we he started a year before me it was actually um i think once i bought my go-kart he was racing at lismore and we went down and watched him and then it was a few months later that i started so it's it's been cool like we sort of come out together we still talk all the time like he's messaging me over the weekend and that but yeah it's it's super cool that we both started at the same time and our dad's mates as well it's been pretty cool i think that uh it's sort of I don't know whether it it doesn't like take that to have a competitive rivalry and friendship or whatever, but that stuff really helps, man. Like you look at uh, where we grew up, we had Wade Hunter, Jackson Richardson, Mitch Evans, Wilson Todd, Todd Waters. There was all these boys like Mitch is now in the world championships. Wilson Todd was in the world championship. Jats has run two Supercross championships. Todd's multiple time uh, champion race in Europe. So there's is a cool thing when you've got these like group of guys that kind of come up together and they can stay friends it doesn't turn into 
like a weird rivalry i'm sure you and jack had, had times of like really pushing each other yeah. and, but to to stay mates through it all and then because yeah you end up going into different directions yeah. like he's in f2 you're in supercars but to have someone that kind of understands what you've gone through understands where you've come from it's actually a pretty rad thing to have in your corner yeah it's sick as but you know there's certainly testing times but it's pretty cool that we're still mates and it's i'm still sort of really good mates with the guys that were my hardest competitors you know mm. from from the day i started karting the kid that i raced my first ever go-kart race with Lockie hughes like we're still like really close mates and it's crazy like we did our first ever go-kart race together and all these years later we're still mates and he's been one of my hardest competitors same as jack yeah we've always been you know going at each other the whole time in karting and we're like closest mates now so i think as a competitor you want the hardest person to push you and you're so similar that you end up being mates yeah yeah true eh? like yeah. you both you're obviously both into the same thing you're yeah. like the same sort of dna almost yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like, I feel like, um, you know, you're both putting in the same amount of work. You're both doing the exact same thing. So, it's, of course, you're sort of going to be good mates. So, was the pathway to you, did you always want to do supercars or did you want to go to Europe and do the car thing over there? Like, in your mind, what was the pathway that you wanted and, and what's the pathway to end up in V8s? Um yeah I, I did want to go to europe like for sure and you know if you ask any kid in go-karts what do you want to do they're all going to say like i want to go to formula one it's a pinnacle and stuff like that and the end of 2017 was my last year in karts won the australian championships and got the ticket to go over and you know compete in the world championships over there um went really well got on the podium um was the first aussie to do it then went to portugal raced there in the rotax world championships same thing went well bit of bad luck and then vegas finished p2 and that was for me like, man, I can run with these kids. And these are the guys that are now, you know, racing in F2, F3, um, that sort of stuff. And then when we came back to Oz, it was, that was a hard time for me because I realized that we couldn't go to Europe. There wasn't going to be possible for us. And and so what's the limitations there? Like funding? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it is. And um, I seriously take my hat off to people that do risk, like probably risk it, you know? Yeah it's very easy to be hopeful from the sidelines and think that you're going to get picked up and taken through. But um, look at the Lawrences and like Casey and that, like sold it up to move over to Europe. Like that's a big risk and yeah. you know, definitely take my hat off to those guys. But at the time, me and my family realized that we'd be better to focus on Australian focus, getting to supercars. And um, look, it's still been a, like still been a tough ask and been a hard few years, you know, not for myself, but for my family as well, who's been, you know, helping fund this and and dedicating so many years to it. But yeah, initially, like I wanted to try and go race um, F4 in Europe, but yeah, it was, it was going to be hard. It was going to probably be a year and then we'd have to come back to Australia and it was like, you know, where do we go from here? So focused on, um, went and sat down with Paul Morris. He had a whiteboard. He yeah. wrote, this is what we're going to do. 86s super three super two main game he said um how much we able to spend he said we need to get through here as quick as possible and from then you know i did 86s for a year won races did super three for a year won the championship did two years of super two which was broken up massively it was three in the first year and five in the second year so um it was sort of like one and a half years of super two and then main game so 
like we got through that as quick as possible basically and we did every step along the way um but yeah that in probably the end of 2017 i realized okay my whole focus from now is getting the supercars has anyone ever done it like you've done it no really no yeah i don't know that i've heard that story of i mean not that i'm that immersed in that world but that sounds fucking crazy so you only did eight super uh super two Two races races, yeah damn so yeah will brown did 86s and then he did like three or four years of super two then main game um i was lucky super three um i think it was the first year and like one of the only years it was called super three was the year i did it and there was like five or six really good guys in there so did 86s did super three won that did super two won that so there's only one big trophy for me to go but i think the biggest thing for me was i was in super two for a short amount of time and then sort of stepped up yeah so how how much was would it have cost you to go to europe to do formula four um hundreds of thousands really yeah the the biggest thing that we looked at is it's all good well not all good to do that but you throw a lot in to do that but then the next step is like two times or three times that sort of thing yeah so um yeah it, you got to look at the big picture and you know we looked at what was going to be best for us and you know how we can get there and australia was 100 percent the the best decision we've probably ever made was yeah. you know sticking and trying to get to supercars and so glad like i'm love like driving a supercar is like the coolest thing ever like i drive gts and stuff like that which is awesome but there's nothing like getting in my supercar and i think i could nearly rate that compared to most cars around the world really Uh, this car that i drive at the moment is probably one of the coolest things that i reckon you could drive in the world that's so sick do do you think that in uh because i'll now that like you're in it and then i've been spending a bunch of time riding with svg and then go way back with chazzy like i've just i've never really fully followed the supercar thing and i think this year is like finally the year that i'm really gonna try and invest some time yeah. into it but do you think that people don't really look at the supercars thing as a pathway like a young kid like yourself do you think that most kids are kind of just looking outside of australia always and people aren't giving supercars like the clout that it deserves maybe or yeah yeah for sure like um you know if as i sort of said before like as a kid it was like oh f1 f1 every single kid in the paddock's like i want to be an f1 driver and for sure like honestly i'm so glad that those kids are aiming for that and i I hope that some australians do end up achieving that and we got some great kids over there at the moment but the biggest thing that i want to try and do over the next few years is you know help give these younger kids an opportunity to get to where i am and i've sort of done a good pathway and i think that's a perfect pathway to go you know 86s out of karting um super three super two super like it's a perfect pathway yeah it's like moto three moto two moto gp yeah but with a year of like junior world championship or something like that yeah so um i just hope if there's any young kids watching there's a pathway to get to supercars and it is super hard and you got to put in the work you got to get good people around you but i think there's now a clear pathway on how you can get there yeah i think that's super cool man the fact that you kind of have laid out a little bit of a pathway because yeah you just i mean i I guess like i said i'm not super in it but yeah you just don't hear that many kids that are just frothing to to get to supercars yeah for sure and you know it's it's very easy as a kid you look over and all your idols are racing overseas 
um, you know, or idolize Danny Rick and stuff like that. And um, Verstappen, all those guys, they're all racing F1. You know, all the guys that we want to be is all F1 drivers. But, man, being a supercar driver is a pretty cool life. You get to race sick cars around Australia. Um, it's awesome, man. Now look at Scott McLaughlin, like, carving yeah. it up in the US. Like, he's now opened another door for us to try and go over to America. And, you know, that's something one day hopefully I might be able to do as well. Yeah. Yeah, man. No, it's definitely cool the way that you've you've done it. And so the eighty sixes, can you pull up a, a um photo of those or like what are they what do they look like, those cars? Um what would you try maybe Toyota eighty six racing series. How much does it cost to race a season of that shit? Um probably anywhere between fifty to a hundred thousand probably. To do a season? Yeah. Yeah. Which, they have it, it seems time? like a lot, but honestly, that is way cheaper than go-karting, what some people do in go-karting. Really? Yeah. People are spending big money in go-karting. So these these race at the V8 supercar All weekends. supercar rounds. So they do oh, five yeah. or six rounds, um, and yeah, they're with us on the weekend. But the best thing about this series, and like Morris sort of got me into this, was um, you're racing... Yeah, at the tracks. So yeah. you're learning all the tracks in your first year. You're racing in front of all the big team bosses in the races. Like, yeah. and they do watch. Like, I'm always watching these races. All the guys are still watching these races. Um, and you're learning to drive a tin top car that is very similar. Like, the technique you use in these yeah. translate all the way through. So, um, yeah, straight out of go karts. That's what I jumped into. And yeah, man, some of my best days were racing these. Like, really? it is good fun. You go to Townsville. Uh, you go Bathurst, you go to some cool places and there's like 40 cars on the grid Yeah, and they're good hard races. Like it is hardcore. If you know you're doing good in that, like you're ready to go up to that's, the next step. That's so sick. And so what kind of motors and stuff? Like are these uh, things This is it? literally a standard Toyota 86 with suspension, wheels um, and brakes. That's, yeah, right. And obviously roll cage and like kitted out inside as a race car. But so it kind of is just like a it's like it's a just, rental car race series basically yeah it's just like the toyota 86s you're driving on the street um but with the suspension and brakes and safety equipment so this is what i need to get it mate you could like you could <laughs> do it the gypsy tails racing i'd love to honestly that like that racing like that is pr- there's some kids now coming out of it and um, I'm hoping they've seen what I've done and they try and follow my footsteps and go 86 racing because it is awesome. It's cool that you think like this and you've even got the foresight to to say like, oh, I hope kids are watching because it can can be done. Like, I don't even think a lot of people would have that mentality in your position to want to be that guy for people. I think that's just cool in itself. Yeah, I, I you know, I don't know if I am that guy, but I love trying to help out um, some young people and ever since we're doing go-karting and we had a bit of a team going I was always trying to help the younger kids and I've been an instructor at normal motorplex so I've been coaching and my biggest like soft spot is trying to help the guys that have just come out of go-karts and get them into car racing like this so um, I'm always watching this because I got so many people I've helped out in it but I suppose my big goal one day is um, and this is probably going a little bit further down the track is I'd like to be able to do something like Valley's got nearly with his VR46 Academy and, and yeah. try and do something like that in Australia and help help these guys and create a clear pathway and try and help some of these guys, you know, get up through the ranks because, um, yeah, 
as I said, I think there's a pretty clear pathway now to get to supercars. Yeah. And so do you think that, um, cause supercars is a weird one again, me not knowing a lot about it, but yeah. you see so many people like Peter Adderton, for example, like I follow him on Instagram just cause we're sponsored by boost. Yeah. And he's just always criticizing the championship, um, which I mean, he will try to buy it and shit. Like I know there's a bit of a backstory there, but do you think that V8s is like done right and is it there's so much more room for it to be bigger and better than what it already is like do you almost see the potential that it's got to be a way bigger and better series in australia even though it is the biggest series as it is now but i don't know can you almost see like a better future for it in a way i mean i think every series you look at can be so much better but um you know, we've got the new Gen 3 cars coming in, the Camaro and the Mustang. Like, I think that's a good step for the series. But, um, you know, Pete, Paul Morris, they're probably the two standout guys that are getting young talent. Yeah. Um, Paul taught me how to drive a car four years ago and brought me all the way through. Pete sponsored me along that journey because he trusted what Paul said. Yeah. And now Pete's looking after other young kids as well. So those two guys are doing a fantastic job for australian motorsport they're really giving young kids an opportunity and you know i thank those guys a lot because they gave me a massive opportunity and helped me get to where i am but i think the biggest thing is is um i mean yeah obviously you want it to be as big as it can and you want it to try and be a massive sport in australia and NRL and AFL are sort of the shining light for us in here in australia and i'm hoping that one day we can try and build supercars up to that but I think one way to do that is is like younger kids yeah and, you know fresh the talent fresh talent um you look at what jet's doing to supercross like his what's he do? this is his third year but man mm. has he created a lot of followers for supercross and yeah um you look at the fans that he's getting to the track they're not normal they're not no. normal supercross fans he's getting a lot younger crowd he's getting girls coming to the track um so is that why you're training so hard? So huh? you're just trying to get ripped and so you can start <laughs> no, doing I'm trying some, like, to, I'm trying to win. I'm trying to win races. <laughs> I'm certainly not going to do his TikTok videos. <laughs> but, um, it's all that stuff that's good for the sport. And like the people, like I saw him hanging out at round one at A1 with Madeline Klein and yeah, that, yeah. that other dude from um, Out of Banks. Like these guys are famous people. And I think that's what we need to try and do in the sport. And um, yeah, I think young kids have got that bright, right thing about him and you know we got some superstars in our sport at the moment obviously shane you got Chaz, who's different to everyone else and um it's not something that i focus on but i really want to help try and build like this championship as much as possible and and get it as big as possible so then hopefully people start realizing how good supercars really is because we got such a good platform we race at the best places in australia we race at street tracks we race like gold coast and stuff like that just i feel like it's so close to being that big thing. And yeah. I think over the next few years, it, it possibly can turn out to be that big thing. And um, yeah, I hope supercar drivers get recognized for who they are and what they do. Yeah. And so what do you reckon is like holding that back? Like where could it be better, do you think? Um, I think it's just trying to get fan engagement. Like mm. you need people to go to the races and watch it and you need it to be entertaining. Um that's the big thing why we're going to these new cars the gen 3 is to try and help the racing yeah. try and help the overtakes because it is quite difficult at the moment to overtake another car and it's the same you sort of watched in f1 the last few years it, it's been hard to overtake and it makes the racing not as fun but 
you look at those guys they've created drive to survive yeah and man has that created some fans like that is out of control like you go on tiktok these days and it's just all these people that are like making tiktoks about f1 because they watch drive there's so many fans and i saw i think maybe when he was on your podcast daniel saying like he gets recognized for being on that series more than he does an f1 driver yeah well he he was saying i remember when he first uh because he's got his place in la yeah and he first got to la and we spoke and he's like dude it's fucking crazy now because that was kind of the place that he went to to not get recognized like whenever he's in europe it's very like fandom kind of deal because of how big f1 was in europe so so la was this place where he got to go and enjoy just kind of a little bit of anonymity he's like dude it's gone like this is fucking crazy now yeah and you look at austin the f1 grand prix in the usa last year you look at i think the last time they raced there um i don't know the exact figures but like i saw a photo of the crowd and massively spread out you know there was still a lot of people there last year sold out you could not see a patch of grass like that try and find a photo of that just like austin f1 2021 yeah. yeah it is crazy and like that is all because of drive to survive and all that is is just showing real people yeah showing real personalities yeah. showing real people showing like the real shit because you know how fucking stressful the racing stuff is yeah you know that <laughs> holy that. shit like now dude, that's proper that is wild i didn't see these photos yeah like i've been there for a moto gp and it did not look like that yeah. i was there in like 2017 or something and like that's hectic everyone you talk to like so many people come up to me not one interest in racing how good is drafters five they're yeah. like that is so cool when you watch it as a real race you're like oh it is awesome there's a lot of stuff in there that's like a little bit twisted yeah yeah but but who gives a fuck yeah it's creating fan engagement and um in Australia, the last couple of years have done the inside line, which follows one team. So, 2019, they did Erebus. Um, 2020, they did Walkinshaw, which is just come out at the end of last year. And last year, they actually did Red Bull, like our team. Yeah. Um, so, they fought, which was a great year to follow for them. Yeah. Um, obviously, a lot of stuff happened. Jamie left, Roland retiring, um, me getting the promotion and stuff like that. So, that's awesome, um, which is really good. It would be so cool if they could do like a mini series of this yeah. sort of thing. I I think like it needs a big Surely it needs a big budget, and it. the only way that I sort of think that it could maybe happen is if Ko did something like that. Yeah. Um, you know, it's a sports streaming service for Australia. They do all supercars. If they could find a way, maybe just like one weekend you follow Red Bull, one weekend you follow Shell. Yeah. And just try and. I don't know. We need to think outside the box because these guys have absolutely killed it. Well, so you know that Netflix had the editing rights to this. Yeah. So okay. so F1 didn't, didn't have, have a say. say. Yeah. That's, that's the key difference in all this because anytime that you get like a Supercross life or whatever that, yeah. that was going on, yeah, it's, that Supercars goes, oh, this is, we can't we say this. Say. We don't want any swearing. We don't want any of this. Oh, you can't have that. This sponsor conflict here. And it just waters down the the product. And so with Netflix, they had the production company uh, and Netflix would like, okay, we can, this is the footage that we get. And then we have the editorial rights to this. So once it's done, it's done. And I think that's why so it good, ended yeah. up being so good is well, because you- if it, if 
F1 then got to tinker with it. I'll take this out, take that out, take that out. You just don't know the moments that you're left with and the moments that you're missing, you know? Well, you look what Danny Rick said. I'm not going to repeat what he said, but next Netflix are a bunch of... Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they put it in. He's like, they're never going to show that. Yeah. But they did. Yeah. Um, and it becomes one of the most massive. iconic lines of the entire series. Exactly. And you look at F1 and it's just... You, the way you think about it, especially a couple of years ago, it's businessmen in suits. Like, mm. it's, the, it's, the, it's a billionaire sport. Now you look at it and it's like everyone loves F like everyone loves F one and we had such good year last year in F one like Drive to Five comes out in like a couple of days tomorrow yeah <laughs> like I know I'm gonna be doing tomorrow is yeah, watching dude. it but it's creating so many fans like all these girls especially like you're seeing so many more girls come into the sport um, that are obviously idolizing these F one drivers like it's thirsty. It's cool dude I love it. like there's so many people like interested in it now yeah and i think that it definitely could happen in v8 like it's you know smaller scale you you know yeah but i think that uh the moto gp version of it comes out on like the 24th yeah. on amazon um which would be pretty sick i mean surely the v8 guys are thinking about it and they have done a good job over over the years i watched the I definitely watched the broadcast though with the V8s and it looks real old to me. Like I think like all the footage is sick, the way it's filmed and stuff, but in terms of like the the broadcast itself, it definitely feels the same as when I was a kid watching it. So I feel like it never, at least for me personally, it just never really changed that much. So I think that there's probably some stuff that they could do um, from a broadcast perspective that would probably keep me a little bit more engaged yeah but again it's like you just don't know why that stuff doesn't happen there's you know there's always reasons i guess but i guess for me on the outside as like a kind of casual fan that would be one of my kind of criticisms of it yeah like honestly every sport there's so many things you can do and yeah. maybe what i just said about making a drive to survive sort of series on on supercars as a whole maybe it's not the right thing to do but there's so many things that we can do and we've just taken new ownership in supercars um yeah race has just taken over it there's some really good guys in there and you know this next 12 months is we got a new ceo as well this next 12 months is like okay let's see what you guys can do and um sure they've got some great ideas to hopefully improve it but i think it's about getting to know the drivers a bit more and yeah um the new owner um uh, barclay Netafold, I, th I believe his name is. I think he came out and said, "Okay, we need these. We need the drivers to be household names. Yeah, like we need these guys to be uh, the Nathan Clear, you know, the Jonathan Thurston, yeah. Billy Slater's, the household names that everyone sort of knows." And you start following those guys, like yeah. you you become in love with the football players, the Supercross riders, the MotoGP guys, yeah. the F1 drivers for them. Yeah, and we need to understand a bit more about who they are. So. I'm excited to see what these new owners do because, you know, hopefully they can build that sport. Like, it's in a great spot at the moment. Don't, yeah, like, yeah. I'm not... Um, oh, yeah, this is trying to be constructive is, yeah, criticism yeah, yeah. and, yeah. and um, it's not even really criticism. It's just hopefully new ideas that can, can keep building the sport because we are in a great spot. I just hope that we can, you know, keep building it and show people, like, how cool this sport actually is. And I think that, uh, you know, you, you say, like, I hope the new owners, and it's like, yeah, that's one part of it. But there is absolutely no reason why the drivers themselves can't start right now. Yeah, and, oh, 100%. You know, Jet, dude, Jet has gone outside of 
Feld and like they've taken meetings with Feld to be like, okay, this is what we're doing. Yeah. Do you guys want to be a part of this? If not, we're doing it anyway. Holding their own press conferences, yeah. creating all their own media. Like there's a lot that you can do to kind of skirt the system in a way. Like there's no favoritism for Jet in Supercross. Like they really haven't done that much for him. No. Jet's done a lot for, for himself. himself. Yeah. There's a lot of people and that takes like confidence in yourself to go fuck it i'll be the man because it's gonna bring criticism and you've got kind of you've already got a taste of that criticism of like oh he's only been raced a couple of years doesn't deserve this right cool yeah. fuck it <laughs> you know <laughs> just, just walk forward just yeah. be like yeah i'm here i'm doing my thing so you know i think that there's a there's way more of an opportunity for drivers to just step up and run their own shit without permission and start to build you know their own brand equity like chat like maddie's been doing Chaz's social media stuff for like six years yeah, yeah. You know, he's so ahead of the game when yeah. it comes to that and that's a guy that is super popular like he took it's it on a, himself yeah, the faces. Yeah, yeah took it on himself from a really early uh, on in his career to just go like fuck it i'm i'm doing my own thing yeah and i think you know we all gotta like we all gotta do that and there's some people that might want to do it more than others and um like jets is honestly probably the perfect example like he's a young kid that's just killing it but he's the fan favorite by a country mile like every time he gets on the mic the whole crowd's cheering and then you hear the other guys on the podium who are thanking their 20 sponsors and great like great like they're doing their thing but you know they get a bit of a cheer when jet gets on yeah. the whole the whole crowd goes wild he's throwing his goggles and everything into the stands like everyone loves him and that's some of the stuff that um we need to try and do better as drivers and try and interact with these fans so you know my head is focused on racing but there's that tiny little bit in the background thinking how can i yeah how can i do better in myself by promoting this and um like taking people behind the scenes and showing them a little bit of what we do behind the scenes i think something that could be really cool and that's not only like what these got like netflix and and like sort of what we spoke about before if supercars mm. did a behind the scene on the series we do need to take that responsibility like you said and and try and do better for ourselves. like social media is like the golden ticket these days um and i think you know if you do build that big platform you see like tiktok these days as well yeah. it's it you can become a big person just by you know making videos and posting photos so uh and we do cool stuff as well like we do sick yeah, stuff yeah. i've been trying to like build my tiktok and stuff like that my social medias and it's just about showing people what they don't see on the tv yeah. which they love and, and like just the real version of you too you know like the the thing with jet i mean he's like you can't you can't just copy what he does but what you can copy is how willing he is to be himself yeah he'll post a tiktok dancing with his shirt off yeah not saying that's what you need to do but it's like whatever your thing is that you just think is cool that people might go fuck that's so lame you just gotta be yourself post it who cares what subset of the population is gonna think that's lame or not cool because you don't know who you can potentially speak to and if it's just stuff that you're genuinely interested in then that's what you should go and do you know yeah you just got to be yourself like after sad days night race i put a photo of me giving a thumbs up to my camera um said my first race is done that was like one of my biggest posts just me putting a thumbs up like it's 
people love that more than looking at a picture of my car which they've seen a thousand times so um that's you know just a little thing but it's stuff that you know people don't normally get to see i think that they like and um yeah i think we all need to do better do you get in and like reply to dms and stuff like that um i do try i try to reply to as many people as i can a couple of years ago or even last year was a lot easier yeah yeah. so i'm getting a lot more now but um when i'm at the track i try and like try and sign as many things as i can talk to as many people as i can every session on the weekend trying to get from the garage to the truck was getting harder and harder there was more people coming up but the biggest thing for me is if i see a kid out there um that wants me to sign some i'm 100 gonna go and sign it because yeah i was once that little kid um and i'm still a massive fan of the sport you know what i mean like the guys that i'm racing are still yeah you're they're, yeah, they're guys you look yeah guys to. i've like sitting on the couch watching a few years ago so um yeah i'm trying to interact with the fans as much as possible you know it's a bit of a hard one at the moment because we're still trying to be nice and careful with everything but, going oh, on shit, yeah. yeah but you know any opportunity i get you know i want to try and you know give back a little bit that i that i can yeah the thing too with the like the social platforms is you're trying to build yours right so right now you're in a position where the supercars instagram or their platform is like bigger than yours yeah so just sure. leverage that yeah you know, tag them in everything that yeah. you can like you can just guerrilla market yourself and you know they they're gonna want more content so it's the kind of thing where you just go and you just start doing your thing they've got this big platform they're gonna share yours yours is gonna grow you interact with more people like the roadmaps yeah the roadmaps there it's just a matter of um of yeah really showing people yeah i just think it's all about being yourself too yeah for sure like the platforms are there you know we got all the platforms at the moment instagram facebook um tiktok and i think one that's probably that we've some of us have forgotten about a little bit is youtube yeah. and like how successful that can be like your clips on there are awesome like with the guys you interview and stuff like that like all that sort of short sharp stuff that you can watch and and learn something or find something funny you know that's the stuff that we all want to see so uh it's you know i'm saying this as well it's all in front of us to, yeah. to do better is there any drivers on YouTube in uh, in V8? Um, I don't think so. Dude, get I on. know. Dude, what? I know. Spend some cash. I, get look, some, the, get the some best thing there. about me this year is, like last year when I did my announcement, I got Maddie to come and like sort of vlog it for the day. Like we drove down the beach, rocked up. Oh, that's did right. The thing. Yeah, yeah, so yeah. People like that stuff. And, you know, now I've got the opportunity to do a little bit more of that stuff. And there's some stuff in the pipeline that working on with red bull and a and a couple of other guys to you know try and help the spot my sponsors as well but give the fans a bit of an insight of what goes on because yeah i might think it's could sometimes be boring like my stuff in between races but other people might find that awesome yeah well i mean look at what like christian craig's done with his vlogs you know like even dude jeff walker was probably like i don't know if you've ever seen any of his content he's just a privateer in in ama that it's like barely gets points but he had this dope youtube channel but posted a bunch of gopros all the time spoke over it. he just kind of found his own lane yeah man that guy now is fully lives off his youtube channel yeah. does these cool bike builds like you know and it's fun too to 
engage with like a cool community and and build that channel up i mean dude if there's no v8 drivers doing the youtube thing like yeah. that's your watch t- out <laughs> yeah that's your ticket right there i just look at the degans what they've done like dude, right? have they not absolutely crushed the market like with that now you see chad's Chad, trying to do it yeah. like you can tell who he's trying to follow there 100 percent. but like yeah it's man like honestly <laughs> the degans man they've absolutely crushed it yeah man. like you look at all their kids now and um i started trying to watch a few videos here and there but it's just so cool what they do like filming at the track they got eli there and they're filming some yeah. of his stuff but you see that progression all the way through like you saw um yeah everyone Haley danger boy like from when they were younger yeah. and now they're like it was almost a novelty then so yeah just like oh this is yeah this cool. is cool now it's like oh like, you're in yeah like, they're in like how yeah. i think racing trucks yeah. uh, danger boys like soon pro yeah. sort of yeah. thing like it's it's just cool and the coolest thing what they did is they started so long ago that people have jumped on this journey with them yeah exactly and that's exactly right so you know by anyone starting their youtube like let's say you start your youtube thing and then you're, you're doing that you just there's a group of people that are invested in you they've put this time into you they want to see you succeed they're telling their friends about you like there's a really uh that that community deal man yeah. like you just cannot underestimate it and it's even that with me now like we're, we i just had the guy we, we just started our europe studio yeah and we had the stark varg you know that new electric bike no. the, have you have you not seen that no. thing oh show him a picture of that <laughs> fuck it's insane dude so anyway this guy it's like the tesla of motocross now yeah but anyway he oh maybe i have yeah i think i have seen a video of it yeah but he uh he come on the podcast and his uh comms manager was like oh what sort of rollout and trailer i'm like mate we don't need to do nothing like i post the podcast everything gets the same like there's some some will get a little bit more yeah yeah like a casey or a danny rick but they're just uh, they get hundreds of thousands of views there's because it's been going so long yeah people follow there's so many people they're just invested in the podcast it's their thing they're a part of the gypsy gang and it will just continue to kind of do its thing as long as the podcasts are coming out. Yeah, you know? every time you put a podcast up, I see like everyone tagging you in their stories. Like yeah. everyone's watching it, you know what I mean? And I think that's the biggest thing. If they feel like they're a part they, of you or a part yeah, of the journey, yeah. it makes it so much better. Yeah, so I mean for you, like you've just got this prime opportunity yeah. to give people a look from day one. I know, that's, you know? that's the best opportunity I think with me and like this is the beginning you know what i mean and if i can try and take people a little bit through um is yeah that's something i certainly need to look into yeah 100 percent. yeah look at that thing yeah it actually looks sick doesn't it it looks sexy so the it's like a honda it does look like a honda there's uh they can make the plastics and stuff so sleek because there's no radiators or exhaust or anything like that they can actually make it totally different i'm going to um i'm going to spain in may to ride it shit yeah i'm excited proper yeah and then i'm going to the formula one right after it they've just barcelona yeah barcelona cool which is gonna be sick um so the you go from the 86s yeah and then into the super three so what's a super three car can you pull out one of those alex do they just look the same as like a yeah so it's like like a 2010 sort of super car like i think it's like 2008 to 2012 yep yep um i wonder if it'll come up yeah so yeah it just looks the same yeah so they're they're on an fg 
and a VF Commodore, so FG Falcon. Yep. Yeah, there's Nash Morris. That's his Super 3 that he ran last year. Yeah. Um, and then when you go to the Super 2, it's just the next step up. So Super 2 can be up to 2017 spec. Mm. Um, and then next year, they go to the cars that we're running this year. Yeah. So it's honestly like you look at Moto 3, Moto 2, it's like a big step every year. Super 3, Super 2, main game. It's a lot clo- like it's a lot closer, you yeah. know, to explain it better. So it's just an old supercar um, every year, a bit more downforce, um, a little bit better equipment. So it's nothing major, uh, you know. It's probably a second a lap. Yeah, I was gonna say where are we at lap. Yeah, time-wise? Super Three to Super Two is probably half a second to a second, and then Super Two to main games. Yeah, sort of similar, half a second to a second. Probably are you running the same sort of tires? And same stuff? same tires, but normally the main game run like a softer compound um but yeah it's like it's cool because it's so similar yeah and i think that's why we've got such a good opportunity because if you're killing it in super three or super two yeah you know there's no that, reason yeah. that you can't they can't keep moving up yeah so what was it like driving wise to go from a cart to the 96 uh, 86, uh, 86. <laughs> i'm just 96 cr i'm just like 96 is my vintage <laughs> uh to go yeah into the 86 from a cart is it a massive difference like to to talk about the the progression and what it's like to actually make that change yeah it is it, it, like it is but you know you still see some guys that are good in carts are good in cars um and then some people that weren't as good in carts uh, mm. sometimes good in cars but the best thing like for me was going to paul morris and going to norwell like it's a n- cool facility now eh? man like if you don't go there you're crazy and especially coming out of carts it's we got like we train in the 86s that's all we train in out there um and we teach uh how to change gears and how to be super quick like i was an instructor there last year shane goes out all the time and you're just teaching people every single trick you know so for me I got fast track because I went and got coached by Paul and Robbo out there and, you know, I did a few practice runs and, yeah, as I said, four years ago, I was on the grid in New Zealand for my first ever race and that was only after a few days in a car. So, yeah, there is definitely differences, but if you go see the right people and don't get bad habits early, yeah. uh, it makes it a lot easier. So, th- how does Norwell work? Because I've been, I've ridden there on the bike, but yep. I've never done the car thing. So, can, just anyone can go there anyone. and drive. Yep, anyone can go. So, basically, if you go onto their website, they've got the 86 program that you can go and do, which is more like if you want to, I suppose, learn some more car skills and stuff like that. It's anywhere for, if you just want to go out and drive for half a day or a full day, you know, learn some more stuff. Um to a professional race car driver yeah then there's also the v8 experience which is like you go do your five or seven laps in a v8 um and that's just more you know it's more like a present thing you know you give someone a gift card to go do that but the 86ers yeah you know sometimes i coach like 70 year old you know men or something like that other times i train 15 year old kids yeah um shane's out there all the time coaching new zealand kids he likes doing that um and then and so does he like you guys get in the car yeah wait in the passenger seat yeah no like yeah just sitting right next to each other um and just talking each other through it then we get in and do a lap and we got all the data so it's it's the exact same as basically a supercar um but just a normal motorplex in the 86 that's so sick i need to go there yeah it is cool because like we don't hold anything back like 
I think that's a good thing about like the kids that I try and help out that I help like out there. You just show them every trick you got and then they can look at your data and they see every single thing. So it's like, okay, you need to work on this. We go back to the computer, 100%. That's exactly what you need to work on. Wow. So Paul Morris basically kind of took you under his wing and was like, all right, here's... You, you essentially got to be like a kid with a track in his backyard almost and you got to go there and pump out the laps and learn from him and then you got to then coach people because I think being a coach is super underrated like for oh. me I love coaching in jiu-jitsu it's one of my favorite things to do because I have to think so much more about what I'm doing because there's so many techniques that I've done a thousand times and that's worked for me a thousand times but i've never had to break it down to somebody and as soon as you break something down the steps that you do and it's so easy to see steps that you miss or a step that you could do better i think it's just so underrated yeah you couldn't you honestly couldn't have said that better so like taking you back a little bit like dad's known paul before i was born they were good mates and then me and nash his son basically were born the exact same time so we've grown up together we went to school together always hanging out with paul um and then basically when i finished carts in 2017 dad rang paul and said january 2018 said hey brock's gonna go car racing we spoke to him about the 86 series he said yep come up i'll pick you up never forget the day um he said yeah i'll come pick brock up in the morning i'll take him out and teach him how to drive he walks in the front gate. I've got my whole suit bag, my helmet. I'm like, oh, hey, Paul, how you going? Um, what do I need to bring? He's like, nothing, get in the car. I'm like, okay. Drive out to Norwell, jump in one of the Commodores out there. He jumps in with me for probably 10 laps, then jumps out, just lets me drive around for like half an hour. Then another kid who was just starting there as an instructor got in the car with me. We did a few laps, basically drove out there for the whole day. End of the day, Paul's girlfriend, Karina, rocked up. He goes, Brock, teach her how to drive manual. I'm like, fuck, I only <laughs> learned like a couple of hours ago. Oh, so you'd never driven a manual car? Never driven a manual till the start of 2018. The wow. first day I went to, like, you know, I, yeah, I yeah. sort of mucked around with stuff like yeah. that, but never properly on a racetrack. Um, so what's the gears in an 86? Is it like literally just a H-pattern yep, box? Wow, H-pattern. okay. Yeah, so, um, yeah. And then sort of fast forward and did a few days, did races, race the 86 series. Um, at that time, I was doing a, pr- a mechanic. So, how'd you go teaching her to drive? Uh, yeah, all good. <laughs> <laughs> She's still learning. <laughs> um, but I was doing a mechanical apprenticeship, like school-based with dad as a mechanic. Um, so, he had the karting business at the time. I was racing 86s. So, every Friday of school, I'd go work with dad. Um and then at the start of 2019 dad sold the cart business so he said hey paul is it okay um if brock does the apprenticeship with you so we just transferred that over to paul um and that's when i started racing super three and i raced with paul morris so i raced in his team yeah so i worked on my car in 2019 um and did driver coaching as well so that's so sick it was it was cool like honestly all this stuff is why i'm here right now so yeah, worked on my car um, and then did coaching. As you said, the biggest underrated thing ever. So in 2019 and 2000, 2019, 2020, and especially last year, that was I was like coaching. Yeah. So I was doing my apprenticeship, but most of the time I was like teaching people how to drive cars. And especially 2020 during that COVID period, 
we were driving a lot like when we could we were still out you know coaching and stuff like that and man that makes a big difference because when you're telling someone who's say half a second slower than you oh you need to be a bit smoother on the brake you need to be a bit smoother on the steering wheel and then you get in and you're being a bit rough you got to think i'm like these guys are paying to learn off me you need to make sure you're doing a better job yeah and you know 2020 2021 i developed massively um all that coaching like made such a difference yeah right. and yeah paul paul took me under his wing like another son basically and <clears throat> still got a really close relationship with him and we still talk all the time um but yeah like yeah gave me a great opportunity introduced me to rd roland dane and that like so much stuff has happened just from being at normal like yeah right. like the stories just go on and on and on that's so cool man that that's seems like such a i guess hats off to you for be being willing to do an apprentice apprenticeship and to be willing to work on cars and there's a lot of people that i guess if you're a young kind of superstar up and coming you know guy that there's a level of entitlement that could happen there to be like i just want to drive the car i just want to do this i just want to do that i don't want to do all this other bullshit but it seems like you really embraced all aspects of just the whole automotive experience and even i mean you've even been in at sammy's warehouse before like packing packing orders and shit like that you know so it's like there's just there seems to be a like a working ethos that you've got like you you're just down to do the work yeah and you know um my dad's the hardest worker i know like when i'm at home (laughs) i feel like the laziest person ever if i'm not doing something because he's out doing the yards he's doing nans like he cannot stop and um i suppose he's always like i've always been at work trying to help him out when motorbikes and karting business and stuff like that but uh yeah you know paul paul's helped me out so much and you know made sure i did all the right stuff you know i was working on the car and you know he made sure i was doing the coaching and and got all these great opportunities like the only reason i'm driving a a supercar with red bull is because we went racing xls with roland dane one weekend and yeah right i drove him home from sydney and that's that's how the whole thing started like it's so so much simple stuff that adds up it's just relationships man eh? yeah yeah 100 percent that so you uh, because i could see then that that would be quite impressive to a guy like roland dane to see a kid that was putting in the kind of work um that you were out at norwell and you know so it's sort of because i think maybe that's a little bit of the narrative at the moment is this just people don't really know how you got this seat like you've got this insane uh opportunity to race for the best team the best car and there's probably a bunch of people out in supercar land that are just like how the fuck did he, did he get that job but there's so much i guess that's going on behind the scenes that maybe people don't know about yeah it's crazy and like the story's pretty cool so we went racing um at sydney motorsport park where we were on the weekend in like little xls like so what do they look like um what just type in there hyundai xl oh okay yeah oh yeah 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 h-u h-y-u <laughs> go on griff griff and spelling b yeah hyundai xl race car yeah um yeah so basically just click on this red one down so that's like your first i racing car (laughs) sort of (laughs) like this is this is like 
basically can be your first step. So this is even like before 86s. Yeah, okay. So when I was doing 86s, I wasn't getting enough racing in. So we bought an XL car for like 12 grand. Yeah. It's the cheapest form of motorsport. It's a 450. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and we went racing that. So even last year, uh, me and dad built one ourselves and we went racing it just to keep racing. So even though I was doing Super 2 and, and racing <laughs> yeah. stuff in main game, I was still racing this. And yeah, so me and Nash, uh, we went down to Sydney to race. RD came with us. Um, I won in Sydney and then on the way back we had a little minivan and it was me, Nash, RD and one of the other guys and Paul was with us as well and I drove, I think I was only, I must have been on my L's on my P's, I would have been, yeah, red P's, I drove, so we went from Sydney to Port Macquarie that night, I drove the whole way and then the next day uh, I like drove the car to the front door, like picked everyone up and then drove all the way home, so I drove the whole way from Sydney doesn't sound like much but i was just a kid on my piece yeah um didn't complain once sort of thing and that that's how it started like a month later paul pulled me into his office and said hey um rd called me jamie's gonna retire at the end of the next year and he wants you to replace him and wants you to drive super two for him next year wow and it all started because i drove from sydney to gold coast without complaining and like it's yeah it's crazy that is so cool man so i guess when you have that conversation with with paul morris what what starts turning your in your head from there it was end of september 2020 so we hadn't gone to bathurst yet i was co-driving with james courtney with tickford and i was still with tickford in super two and they were trying to get me to sign for next year and we were like yeah well are we gonna go anywhere else sort of thing um and paul called like same thing i'll never forget it i walked in the door at norwell paul's like hey brock need to have a chat to you i'm like oh what have i done (laughs) And um, he's like, I wasn't going to speak. I wasn't going to say anything before Bathurst, but I've spoken to your dad and he said, um, we might as well tell you. He said, had a call from RD um, and he said, Jamie's going to retire at the end of 2021 and he wants you to replace him. And like, I nearly fell over. I'm like, what are you talking about? And he's like, yep. And he wants you to race Super 2 for him next year. Um, do a wild card at Bathurst and then you'll replace Jamie if you do a good job. And at what was I? Se- I was 17 and I'd done two Super 2 races, had a shocking <laughs> round one, qualified P2 at round two, but like still stuffed up the starts and stuff like that. And like RD saw my potential and just as what Paul like told everyone and that. And then I went out at Bathurst, did a like decent job. I crashed my Super 2 car, but then I had a really good run in the 1000. And then we're at Kingscliff quarantining for two weeks. RD wasn't there, but we sat down with Simo and he basically said, this is what's going to happen. And as soon as we got out of quarantine, went and signed the contract. And yeah, like it's crazy. I was a 17-year-old kid and I got told I was going to replace Jamie Winkup if I did a good job. Dude, that's a lot of pressure. Yeah, it's... And the thing was last year, like everyone was talking about it, especially once like I got announced I was a AAA driver. Then I got the Red Bull car with AAA on it. And then it was like, Jamie Winkup's retiring. Everyone's like, are all these pieces like for Brock to take over Jamie? And then went out at Bathurst, won, then swept Townsville. Um, and then, yeah, it was a couple of weeks after Townsville. I got the call from RD to come and see him. And yeah, got told I got the drive. Wow. So how long How long did you, was it all done before it actually was public knowledge? So... I guess no one really, kind of a little while yeah, in not, a way. Oh, yeah. Not many people know about it, but 
because Ade, um, the start of last year, like there was a big reshuffle. You know, he was pulling out. Jamie was coming in. Um, Tony Quinn was coming in. Um, we sort of did a thing, uh, I think just after Bathurst saying like, uh, basically, if Brock does a good job, we just needed something on paper. If Brock does a good job, he'll replace Jamie. If not, we might have to do another year of Super 2. Then there's the option to replace whoever goes in sort of thing. So... There was but something. You sort of, it's risky to let somebody take that drive for a year, replacing Jamie, if not, yeah. for, if not for you. So yeah, you kinda, they, they there is pressure to perform in a way. Yeah, they like I knew if I did a good job, I could get the seat. If I did a terrible job, I would not have a chance of getting the seat. So they always said, look, every single driver in pit lane wants this drive. Yeah. If you do the job, you've you've got the drive. So um, yeah, there was a rough thing saying, you know, if I did a good job, I'd get it, and the decision would be made by December. And what was a good job? Well, RD told me at the start of the year, he said, you don't have to win the championship, he said, but you need to do the best that the car can do. So the Nissans in Super 2 have been really competitive and they've dominated the last few years. And everyone's told me, if you're not in a Nissan, you're not going to win the championship. Now, everyone thinks if you're not in a triple eight car, you're not going to win the championship. Yeah. So yeah, last year I came in, RD said, look, if they're way quicker, like, and you finish P2 in the championship, that's not the end of the world. Went out, won the first race, got a penalty in the second race. So I was P2 in the championship after round one. Then we had like a few months off, probably four or five months off. And we went to Townsville two weekends in a row. First weekend, fastest every practice, every yeah, qualifying, smashed, smashed it, it. Next weekend, won overall again. Um, and I was like, okay. yeah. <laughs> like, now this is, this is what we're talking about. I was, yeah, I was like, okay, this is going to be pretty good. But I still didn't think the decision was going to be made till after the 1000, after I did the wild card couple of weeks went by um got a call from rd he said it was like early it was weird it was early in the morning it was like eight well seven thirty or something my dad had his airpods connected and for some reason the text <laughs> message from my phone went to dad and dad come run up he's like brock 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 he's like you just got a message from rd call him call him i'm like hey rd and he's like brock i'm like yeah and he's like you need to come and see me today i'm like yeah i got a training session but i'll be up about one o'clock I was shitting myself all like I was scared I'm like fuck what have I done I was like I couldn't figure out what I did like he sounded like it was an angry voice I'm like oh my god and I went up there and he said you're right and I'm like yeah and we went and sat down in the office and within about 10 seconds he said yep you've got the drive and just and I'm like oh my goodness I was freaking out and just he kept talking for about five minutes and I didn't even get a chance to say anything. He's like, is that all right? I'm like, fucking bloody oath, it's all right. Like, that's awesome. Um, so, yeah, that that was that that's, that that's was a cool day. That was a day I never feel. I think it was 26th of, 26th of July. So, there was a bit over four weeks till the announcement got made. Yeah, right. And how was it keeping it quiet? Uh, like, I feel like everyone knew. They The hardest thing for me was it was fine. Like, I did not tell anyone. My f- my mum, my dad, my brother, and my nan knew. Yeah. That was it. And Paul Morris knew. I got out, called my dad. was like in tears, called mum. And then I called Paul Morris and he's like, he's like, oh, how good is this? He's like, I knew a week ago. Yeah. I'm yeah. like, you're what? <laughs> I'm like, I didn't even, he's like, no, nah, no, nah, I had to keep it quiet. But it was all good. And then they released on, they Triple Eight or Rebel Empire Racing put a post up saying 31st of August, we're going to release it. Yeah. And then everyone's like, oh, fuck you got it, aren't you? It's you. 
people sending me messages. Oh, do you want to go for a game of golf on the 31st? Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, yeah, I'll see what I got on. Yeah. <laughs> So I feel like a lot of people knew, but I like swear to God did not tell anyone the yeah. night before I rang my sponsors and told them what was happening. But yeah, of that stuff I make sure I I would hate if there being a slip up. Yeah, yeah, fuck. And so how's the the pressure or like what does it do to your mentality? Because there's two ways you can go: heaps of pressure, yeah, freak you the fuck out, yeah, or heaps of pressure makes you super excited, gives you extra confidence. And then you just step up and be like, I'm the fucking man. Yeah, I don't I don't feel like there's any pressure from the outside. People are saying there's a lot of pressure on me this year, but realistically, if you look at it, there was a lot more on me last year. Yeah. You know, the job was mine if I did a good job. I was a yeah. Red Bull car. Yeah. I had triple Here's the ball. A. Don't yeah. drop it. Yeah, exactly. In Super 2, I had all this great opportunity in Super 2. And so looking at it, there was a lot more pressure on me last year and, you know, won the championship. But um, I put more my like not pressure on myself but i expect a lot from myself you know even in this first year you know i don't expect to be like where i was in the weekend i was running p2 and ended up p11 like i was devastated yeah i'm like that's not where i want to be like i want to be up the front in the mix so um yeah i don't think there's any pressure from the outside it's more just internally where i think i should be yeah yeah no it makes sense and i think that that's probably the move you know like you yeah. and you're not going to get to where you want to get to if the pressure of a drive can be something that can rattle you yeah exactly and you know as i said i think there was a lot more on me last year than there is this year it's sort of just go out and do your thing this year and um yeah i suppose i don't really like feel the external pressure yeah so are you a bit bummed in a sense and this is not to take anything away from the current crew at triple eight but are you a bit bummed in a sense that Roland Dane isn't like the team manager still? Because he's kind of like the Mitch Payton of V8 supercars in a way, right? And like, it's like there's all so much knowledge there from that guy. Yeah, like again, not to take, not like Jamie Winkup. No, not a no, it's animal. like it's awesome to have Jamie in yeah. there, not a doubt. But like, it's weird because the last few years all I've dealt with is RD sort of thing on this on this note, like trying to get the drive, and now I get the drive, and he's sort of yeah. He's gone, but he's not gone. Like, he's still hanging around. He's still at the workshop a few days a week. So, I still get to talk to him. still on the phone to him every once in a while. So, um, even though he, he's not at the racetrack, like, he's watching every... Like, you know what I mean? He's still, yeah, he's yeah. still there for me. But I think, like, he's... You know, you look at Jamie and all that, but he's one of the most dominant guys in the sport. And he, yeah. didn't, he didn't drive. Yeah. Like, um, yeah, he's a hardcore dude. And that's the thing that I love about RDs. He will tell you exactly how it is. Yeah. There's no bullshit whatsoever. It's if you did a good job, he'll tell you didn't you did an okay job. And if you did a terrible job, he'll tell you did a terrible job. Yeah. And I you know, I think any strong competitor loves harsh criticism. You don't want to be pat on the back when you did a bad job. Yeah, no, hundred percent. So then to what's the transition like going from essentially just working at Norwell? as a apprentice mechanic yeah. and a driver coach to full-time racer um yeah towards probably september last year i my driver coaching and that sort of got washed out at norwell and that was like when i was focusing for the 1000 and everything like that so but yeah started this year um a lot more pr stuff i suppose but it's nothing like out of control like i probably thought it was going to be a little bit more than what mm. it was but going to the workshop you know a couple of days a week but as i sort of alluded to earlier it's the training is the biggest thing for me and that's the biggest focus i've got to put on but the same time it's hard to believe like getting paid to go race cars like that's just 
still blows my mind that that's mm. happening like it's out of control but uh yeah it's my job to do a good job so there's that's why i put the the expectation on myself to do well because i know this team deserves to be doing well and, and it's not one of those things where i guess it's kind of like uh well, I don't know, I never went to uni. But it's kind of like when you, you're in school and you've got like, okay, this is the class you've got to go to, then this yeah. class, and then this class, and then this class, and then this class. And then you're just out in the in the big bad world. Yeah. And it's you're in the, a weird position as a driver to where it's like you've got an, employee, an employer that they pay you to race for them, but then it's kind of up to you to schedule your program and, and get yourself ready in a sense. Like, yeah, you've got the testing and stuff for the team, but most of the time like it's up to you to just like to try and do what you can to win yeah i suppose when you look at it it's like your school years are sort of up to super three super two sort of your uni years yeah and then you finish super two finish uni and it's like into the real world like it's um yeah it's pretty hardcore and at the end of the day the responsibility is on me yeah the team don't go hey you need to be you don't need to be in your training session at one o'clock today that that's up to me yeah and um i like that i enjoy it it gives me more time now. Like I'm not focused on anything else. Like yeah. my five day week, everyone goes, "What do you been up to?" I'm like training my like training my ass off. Like that's my job at the moment. Like wake up, um, go for a PT session, and then I'm cooked for the rest of the day. You know what yeah. I mean? I go through my emails, go through all my stuff, and looking after sponsors and stuff like that. But uh, yeah, there's there's a certain thing that we got to do as drivers, and that's something that the team, you know, we take responsibility for. And have you enjoyed the process? Is it a big step up with the testing and the, you know, like the data and sitting in on meetings and all that sort of stuff? Because I'm sure that's at a completely different level to Super 2. Yeah, 100. But that is probably the biggest thing is like the debriefs, but the length of depth that you go into. And I feel like that's the biggest thing that I need to learn and understand this year is how to make the car fast. Like SVG is really good at understanding what the car is doing and how he's got to make it better but i don't exactly have that full experience obviously that he has but i need to put into my documents every single thing that i feel in the car everything that needs to be better and like we've got a debrief tomorrow and we we go through every single session every single change and that's where i need to make sure i'm giving them the right information to make sure that we're going forward and then we're not you know going backwards or staying at the same level is that shit overwhelming a bit at times uh, I don't know if it's overwhelming, but um, it's something that I've got to put a big focus on too. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, it sounds like for me, driving the car is pretty, like, pretty simple sort of thing. You know, it comes natural to me, but it's how you make the car fast. And like, there's another 24 drivers that are trying to beat me and yeah. beat everyone else. They want to be champion, but it's about, you know, how much effort you put in and not just driving the car but understanding how to make it fast and compared to last year that's a big difference like now it's like you're talking hundreds between yeah. every position last year was a few tenths so for people out there that might be full v8 supercar nerds that yep. are listening and would just give their left nut to sit in on a debrief session what's some of this <clears throat> some of the stuff that you guys are pulling apart and dissecting and changes that get made and then what does it kind of amount to like is there anything that sticks out in in your mind um not really probably just stuff that no one really understands and i bet there's some people out there that freak on it i though. still struggle to understand some of it like honestly some of the stuff they go into is like very in-depth like um obviously just talking about setup changes that you go through and understanding what they did but then 
um you're trying to develop the car as well and it's a hard one for us this year because we've got the new car coming in yeah. next year and our team is developing that car. So a lot of our resources are going to next year, but at the same time, we need to make sure that we do a good job this year. So um, yeah, I suppose, I don't know. It's just going in about talking how you feel like the changes are made. So what's the kind of change that you'd make on the weekend that um, is like significant? I suppose springs, like springs in the car, you like change spring rate. So you might go to a stiffer or softer spring. You got roll center, ride height um yeah like when i watch supercross i'm like oh it's so cool like sort of not how simple it is but how much less there is to do to change yeah. yeah like our cars are out of control how much we can change like it's endless like change hundreds probably thousands of things on the car but uh yeah that, that's one thing that i really enjoy about watching like supercross and stuff like that and they it's come so in much more man than yeah machine. yeah exactly but um yeah that's, there's a lot of things that go on in a debrief <laughs> well that's what danny said he said that man you look at supercross testing he's like i wish yeah he said we have thousands of things yeah. that we have to go through and like the laps that they did at the first test you know doing hundreds of laps yeah. i can't even imagine all the, the shit that those boys had to change eh? and you know they got all the simulator stuff that they they like test and develop their items on a simulator um for us you know we don't have anything like that but we only get three test days a year so as a rookie i get an extra three but like oh that's cool like a supercross rider they ride every day of the week yeah like a moto rider every like they finish saturday night monday morning they're back at the track we finish a race meeting we got to wait another six months till another test day sort of thing so yeah. it's you know it's a tough one for me like trying to develop and get better you nearly just got to wait till the next race meeting to do it that's something that I love so much about like motocross and supercross is that they're doing it all the time. And, um, you know, that's when they put in the hard work is every single yeah. week they're on the bike and you appreciate that because they, that's what they're doing every week. They're riding and riding and developing and stuff like that. It's cool. So are you, did you basically just hop in a copy of what SVG won the championship in? It's like, that's what you're starting with or what's the car that you start with from round one? Um, so every track you got to set up basically. So yeah. every track's different. Um, yeah. But we basically roll out with the same car and then we figure out where we go. But we normally pretty close. We say the same things, what the car is doing, which is good. You don't want two drivers that are completely different, but we follow what they did last year sort of thing and any things that we've learned in between. So like next we go to Tassie, we're probably just going to roll out with what they had at Tassie last year. Maybe it's a tiny little bit different from what we learned over the past 12 months. Yeah, right. So it's you're fairly lucky in that sense that you've got a pretty good base setting underneath you. Oh, time. 100%. You know, like if you roll out of the truck fast, you're normally going to have a pretty good weekend. And we know like most of the tracks we've won at or the teams won at, so when you roll out you got a car that's going to be very close you know if you roll out with a bad car bad bike and you're chasing it all weekend yeah you know the results not always going to be there and how much time are you a guy that likes to spend a bunch of time in the sim yeah uh, not as much as svg but yeah i i do like the sim not as much like probably this year or something like that but um still need to try and upgrade it a little bit and get a bit better equipment because uh you just need to try and make it feel as as close Real as possible, possible yeah. so i've still got some old stuff on my sim which i need to upgrade which you know hopefully i'll be able to do in the next couple of months but 
yeah, you want it to be as similar as possible. But normally before I go to every track or if I'm going to a new track, I'll spend loads yeah, of time on it yeah. trying to learn everything. Uh, what is SVG driving V8s in the sim most of the time or is he just driving just other ev- cars? everything. Yeah. Yeah. And it's the same with the V8 on the sim's not... It's not eh, It's not really real. Yeah. So uh, it's, it's hard to do that because you know how close it... Like, you know what you it know actually what it feels be, like yeah. and you know what it drives on the sim and it's like, ah, uh, it's quite different. So we probably prefer driving other cars and you know you see max is always on his sim so all the best guys in the world are still using it but probably not driving what they actually do yeah that that does make sense eh? yeah because i I think like the gt3 cars and stuff they're so much closer yeah for sure and like that's the stuff that we probably drive on the sim a bit more as the gts and even like the mazda mx5s like the, the the slower cars but they're sliding around and um, probably more mucking around and stuff like that with it, but you're probably learning a little bit at the same time. Yeah. So this first weekend, uh, what were your expectations? Um, yeah, I know you were running second in the second race and then you finished 11, you bit off that, but like, what, what were your expectations coming into the weekend? Was it everything that you kind of thought it would be? Because obviously like you did the 1000, it's not like you haven't done a supercar race before, but you know people were making a big deal out of it obviously um you know you got the seat that everyone wanted yeah how was the weekend uh it was okay like ticked a lot of boxes um didn't have any real like a number set for the weekend but i made both top 10 shootouts which was you know that's a big tick for me uh and then in the second like on sunday i qualified p4 which was which was pretty cool um but yeah, the Saturday night's race was good. It was hard conditions all weekend. Like it was raining, it was dry. So it was a like Saturday sort of race was sort of my first proper time in the dry in that car there. Um, had a bad start, dropped back to like 13th, 14th and got back to 9th. I was like pumped with that. I'm like, okay, first race done, P9. Moved up a few spots from my average first lap. But then Sunday, like started P4, got a good start, third, moved into second, um and like that was cool man like battling for the lead of a supercar race that's stuff that you dream about sort of thing and i was there in my second race so that was awesome um yeah like ended up 11th obviously i'm not happy about which i'm i'm happy that i'm not happy about it like yeah yeah. even i was speaking to dad yesterday we sort of had a our family debrief sort of thing and he's like when i walked down and saw you after that race and you're upset he said i was so I was glad because yeah. i was so happy that you were so upset yeah because um he said i would have been devastated if you were happy with that result which is exact way i'm f- like the exact way i'm feeling sort of about it so uh yeah got caught out a cup with a couple of things um i need to improve on a lot of things but i think collectively as a team we can you know definitely improve going in the next round but it just it's a benchmark for me like i feel like this year there's no reason why we can't be battling for podiums and and hopefully some race wins as well yeah so i didn't see the second race so what yep. why what what was the reason to go that far back like um, why'd you suck so bad yeah basically? i know geez it's a terrible job um <laughs> there was a couple of safety cars so we I'm glad we got debriefed tomorrow. So I'll probably be able to give a better description after that because I still don't completely understand what happened. But there was a couple of safety cars and I got a bit caught out with that, with our, not really with our strategy, but we were in a pretty good position without the safety car. And then when the safety car happened, all the guys behind caught up and they had super soft tires. So we had super soft and soft tires on the weekend. So I did super soft in the first stint. 
and then I was on softs for the rest of the race. So as soon as the safety car finished, there's a really cool video um, of me and Will Davidson battling. Where's that at? Uh, it just be on Supercars website. Go on that, or like their Insta, or um, yeah, if you just go to supercars.com, yeah, there should be it should be a video on that. There's a yeah, we had a mad battle. Will was on super softs. Oh, Wilbur. And there was like a few behind me that were on super softs, and I'm like, fuck, I need to defend from these guys, but I was trying to go forward as well. Um, maybe keep going. There's me. Oh, look at him, the great man. Yeah. Oh, there's me taking my dad. Uh, keep going. Maybe click more videos. Go there, up there, Griff. More videos down, 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 down where you yeah. were. Yeah, there. Yeah. Come on, mate. You got it. You got it. <laughs> Click. There it is. Um, Where is it? It's close. There we go. Just here. Yeah, let's watch this shit. This was, this was cool. Like, yeah. This was just like, in my second race, I think this is the biggest thing that I could take from the weekend. Everyone was, you know, it's hardcore racing there. And I'm not trying to make it out that I'm a rookie, but like people are going to try and push me around a little bit, yeah. which is fine. But... I tried to stick my ground as much as possible. Like my car looks pretty average after it has heaps of scuff marks and stuff <laughs> on it. But uh, yeah, it was. What's going on here, Griff? Fucking ads. We need an ad blocker. Here, here we, we go. go. Turn it up a little bit. So this was. So this is after, this is after the first safety car. So I'm in about fifth. Um, but Will and the guys behind I got super softs on. Yeah. So realistically, I needed to get ahead of these two guys to keep my race hopes alive, which yeah. was hard because I was trying to defend and trying to pass at the same time. Will's driving good, eh? Yeah, no, he's doing good. He's very consistent last year. Yeah. So that yeah, so that's your on board up top. Yeah, how, and him down the bottom. So yeah. how much is it? What's the difference of um? the difference is like the super soft versus softs um uh, around there probably half a second so you can really feel it oh yeah it's it was quite a big difference so we decided to run it first you know thinking that the rain was going to come which yeah. it actually did come in the first stint but we ended up staying out yeah um but yeah th- this is where my race went wrong so um yeah i needed to get by these couple of guys in front of me but I didn't. <laughs> what What was the... It was just hard to, to make the It was move hard or? to make the move, but um, I was trying to keep Will behind as well. Yeah. And once I got in a battle with Will, I dropped back a bit. Yep, yep. And then, yeah, a lot happened. If you maybe skip forward like 10, maybe, yeah. I'll just go back a little bit, sorry. Yeah, about that. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, so once you got a guy that's... Uh, yeah right up your ass you've got yes. to play defense yeah. and so offense would, yeah, at the same this time. is where it happened so he tried to drive me straight off the track I'm like yeah stuff that so I just kept, <laughs> oh, I just kept the throttle in and just drove straight oh, into him oh the fucking that was, boys yeah, that was hardcore and that's then, sick <laughs> and then Cam Waters got in on the battle oh so then I had to drive yeah fuck it look tried at you tried to drive Will off the road <laughs> Yeah, I miss I missed all yeah. this second race. Yeah, this was I had this with Will for like another few laps, and then had another, um, yeah, another few hardcore battles. So is uh, is any of this like? Do you think any of this is because you got the drive, and it's like a hey, welcome, welcome, mate? Oh, uh, there is definitely some of that stuff, but I don't want to sound like a 
I don't want to sound soft by saying no, nah, like it's just because I'm a rookie. Yeah, 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 but uh, like the race is hardcore, but there was definitely you know some people trying to prove their point. Yeah, because there's people that want that drive. Oh, everyone wants that drive. Yeah. It's, it's sort of the number one drive in the in the sport. So um, yeah, people are trying to push me around, but I think they're going to do that anyway. But my biggest thing was just trying to prove that I'm not going to back down. So yeah. car looks no good, but I. Probably prove to a couple of people that if they want to get in a fight with me, that it's it's on. That's I'm it. not going to let them through, sort of thing. Yeah, I mean that's some that's some uh, there's some real driving taking place there to keep your car on the track because it's pretty. It would be pretty easy to bail out of that, right? Go straight, get run off the track, pull back in. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, are they still going? Like, it's it? still gone. Like he's <laughs> just driving straight into me. Like it's just all the stuff that usually happens. But um, yeah. Like this was after that first safety car this race was all on for me and that's when it just it started going backwards a bit yeah and so i guess looking back at it now like are you pumped with how you dealt with it do you think you could have done things differently or better yeah i definitely think i could have done things differently i needed to pass uh scott pye and will brown in front of me if i got through on those guys the race still could have worked out a lot better for me yeah um but like same time trying to defend from will it's my first race like yeah. there's plenty of things that i need to do better next time yeah and what what was the the team were they pumped that you stayed in the fight and you were giving it to the boys? yeah everyone was everyone was like oh dude brock's racing hardcore here like yeah. um yeah honestly the fan the fan like reaction from the weekend was really really positive oh, that's and cool. like not something that i focus on but no it's a good metric getting, yeah it is good like again heaps of messages and like comments on my stuff like saying dude you race so hard like you're gonna have a great year like future champ and all this stuff like that's just cool to see like um because i feel like it was not a good weekend and a lot of people are seeing the positives out of it yeah that's so good and i mean what was the i guess it's a hard balance because you're in the moment and you're trying to just do your job. Yeah. But then is there any time over the weekend to just reflect on how rad it was that you're a V8 supercar driver for Triple Eight? Yeah, I mean, like, now is the time, you know. I've, yeah. I've just sort of got back home. You think about it, but, um, like, yeah, I look back on it like, man, there's positives. Like, two top 10 shootouts, my first weekend done, didn't crash, got points, top 10 in the championship. So, there's positives to take out of it, but... Like I said, I don't want to be a 10th guy. You know what I mean? That's not where I want to be. So there's, yeah, there's positives, but there's things that I need to improve on. I'm not going to say negatives. I'm just going to say things that I'm going to learn from and, and do better next time. But uh, yeah, it's it's cool. Like I'm getting paid to do what I love. I've got people coming, maybe not just to watch me, but there's people wanting my autograph. There's people wanting photos with me. And that that's so that that's crazy to believe like people actually want to get a photo with me it's like what are you talking about someone <laughs> at the airport came up to me yesterday it's like oh my god i'm a massive fan i'm like who are you talking <laughs> to <laughs> i'm just a kid <laughs> oh that's awesome dude and so then you went from there to phillip island yeah um what were you doing there doing or were you testing again or like what's because this whole week's been hectic for you yeah it's been crazy so i flew down to sydney on tuesday so we had heaps of media stuff to do before the week um, but then, so we did the race weekend. Then Monday we had sponsor rides all day. Yeah. Then I That's went, where you got to take your old boy for a lap. That was on Saturday night oh, actually. Okay. Yeah. But, um, yeah, Monday was like all the spon- team sponsors and stuff like that. Um, then straight to the airport, flew to Melbourne, drove to Phillip Island Monday night. Um, and then I was testing with Prince Jeffrey on Tuesday in the in Mercedes the GT3. GT3. Yeah. yeah so How's that thing? 
that around there that's crazy like because they got so much downforce compared to what we do so yeah, it's right. like it's sucked to the ground heaps and that track's a fast track so like so turn one's like big balls yeah. like it's it like sticks so well but how fast are you going down the straight uh they're not that quick down the straight i'd probably because they've got so much downforce. Yeah, yeah yeah probably 260 okay but then turn one you don't you don't break you just lift and straight back to the gas Fuck. like it's it's crazy it was cool really cool but um he's racing with shane next weekend in round one of the gt championship so shane's rallying at the moment well was rallying so he's I a legend to, i had to go and drive that for him that's so sick so yeah i think 260 was the fastest i went down that straight yeah. on the on the i was on a street fighter v4 yeah and it's got no fairings it's naked yeah, yeah and dude yeah. i was hanging on a i was that's like crazy dude, i was trying to tuck my head under the like the little the heads up yeah. display because there's no oh, there's no windshield there's no real fairings on this thing and i i come out of the first the the last turn yeah and i looked down at my speedo as i was kind of exiting the turn and i was already over 200 yeah it's great and i was like i, I think the fastest i went on the i was running the Penagali v2 like the race one yeah but it's a smaller motor and I think the fastest I did on that was like 145, uh, sorry, 245, 250. Yeah. And then when I saw how fast I was going on this thing out of the corner, because it's Thank like you. a bigger motor, I was like, fuck, I just got to do one speed run. Yeah, yeah. It's hard to like, the one. <laughs> dude, at 260, I was like <laughs> stretching out. I was like, fuck, I'm backing out of yeah. this. But I could not commit to turn one. Like, yeah. It is I couldn't imagine psycho, it on a dude. Bike. Turn two is amazing yeah like you just drop drop down and you're sliding the whole way around that and then turn three super gnarly yeah but yeah dude turn one i was just completely mind blown couldn't figure it out and wanted nothing to do with it yeah man i want to ride road bike so bad you've never got to a no i had to go on like ollie's um years ago at just like a pimp mart just like just rode like cruised around yeah but yeah, I want to ride road bikes so bad. I think that it's definitely safer than what people think. Yeah, the the thing that I've been sort of looking at, maybe I could do in my off season, is the you seen the Ovalis? Yes. Yeah, I'm like pretty keen to try and have a go on one of those, and at yeah. least I can practice a bit of road like road yeah. bike. I know it's very different, but at least figure out like what it's a bit about, and I think that'd be cool, a bit slower, yeah. but yeah eventually i want to start trying to do a bit of road stuff we should try and get one for norwell yeah because it's uh wayne maxwell is the guy that does yeah it. i know and even like i've been up with seth crump at ipswich when they do their track days there supermotor days and a few people have got ovalis there and stuff like that and the uh kato uh the there's another little chinese one as yeah, well okay. that they do up there like just people buy and take up there but keen as dude it's it's been crazy for me i've never i never even really saw myself doing it yeah. it wasn't something that i thought i'd ever kind of get into but then when ducati did i did like the ducati ambassador thing last year yeah just the doors were opened Open. yeah. crazy and the man i love it eh? it's yeah. so much fun there's just a lot to learn too and i guess it yeah. just sort of kind of fits into my personality but i love getting learning stuff, deeper yeah. into and learning stuff but yeah i was just I couldn't believe how fun it was. And the first time I did it, a track was Norwell. Yeah. I yeah. went there for that, um, for the, like Ducati a Ducati Day, shoot that yeah. we did. And uh, I was really nervous, like really, really nervous. And I was really scared to do it. Uh, but in the end, like I way safer than I thought. <laughs> and then I was, I did another track day with my mate, Jake, and I rode uh, one of his 600s. 
again, I was super nervous for it, but it was fine awesome. again. Yeah. And then same at Phillip Island. And so I think it's a lot safer than people think, especially if you've got uh, like a new newer bike, like a Ducati or something that's got the electronics yeah. and stuff like that. You really, you really kind of can't fuck it up. Yeah. You just got to be smart about it. Don't yeah. You know? like if, you, if you go out and, and try and be stupid, you're going to have a crash, but yeah no it looks sick like i got so many mates riding like sethos over in the uk running bsb and stuff like that like just yeah i'm a motorbike kid yeah well <laughs> dude svg he's full moto yeah he's loving it he actually rides really good too yeah i've heard that i've heard like, he goes pretty hard real good yeah very surprising i thought that when we rode that he just wouldn't be as fast as what he is yeah. just because it's not something that he's done that much of and the risk of getting injured yeah. or whatever but man he just fucking rides goes. awesome and like he he goes at a real fast pace without being sketchy you know like it's yeah. not like he has to go real slow to stay within a comfort zone like yeah. his comfort zone is actually fast ripping pretty solid yeah oh, that's cool that's so I, cool. I think as uh, as your career goes on you'll probably yeah, start doing a bit more of this stuff. It's it's hard. Like first year, I'm not gonna like yeah, this year's gonna be supercars for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. I'm not gonna be going and um yeah, go mountain biking like SVG, but <laughs> or dirt bike riding or going to the snow or stuff like that. It's gonna be yeah, focus on my stuff and I suppose once you get settled in a little bit more into the series and um probably a bit more mature that's yeah. when I can start, you know, doing some other stuff a little bit as well. And the thing is right now, you're not gonna need a break. No, you no, know, it's gonna be busy. it's gonna yeah. be busy. Like honestly, I got a week and a half, then I go to Tassie. Yeah, so it's it's busy for me. It's good. But a guy like you know Shane or J Dub, they, they get to the end of their career, not the end of their career, but they're like yeah, really settled yeah. into their career, and it's like you want some time away. Some time away is actually going to help you. And you know Danny Rick's in the same sort of boat. Like he goes and and does his thing and enjoys some time where he's not thinking about it. Yeah. And then it actually becomes like a net positive. Whereas for you right now, you spend your off season fucking around. Like it's you don't really need that break at yeah. this stage of your career, yeah. and it's probably not going to help you. You know. Yeah. Nah. Like my focus is racing cars at the moment, and that that's what interests me. So whatever I got to do to be better at that, that's that's my breaks. So yeah. It's just um yeah working towards that so you reckon you can get a win this year yeah for sure fuck yeah i like it yeah <laughs> have you got any events that that obviously you've been to all the tracks most and... of them i haven't been to three okay what ones haven't you I haven't been, been to? to tassie which is our next round yeah i uh, haven't been to perth but i want to try and get there uh before the round and yeah. i haven't been to pukekohe and nz which i want to try and get there as well so um there's a couple of things that i can try and do i want to like yeah there's some cars that I can probably drive at Perth and I want to go to NZ and do a bit of driving over there. Yeah. So what are the rounds if you had to sit here now and be like, right, this one I'm going to have a crack at winning. This one I'm going to have a crack at winning. Have you got any in your mind that you think like I can go here and do well? Um, Like obviously every weekend you want to do as best as you can, but I think a track where I can do really well is Townsville. Obviously, I had a really good year there last year and the Triple Eight cars work really well there. So, you know, Shane and Jamie smashed it there last year. Um, really comfortable with that track. But, yeah, there's there's a few rounds. Like, um, I'm not underestimating every, any round. I want to go in and, you know, try and, you know, I'm not going to be stupid and so say I'm going to go to Tassie and try and sweep the round. I'm going to yeah. try and improve on what I've done. But I'd like to say by Townsville, hopefully I'm getting a bit more 
know, up to speed with it. It's sort of middle of the year and yeah. Bathurst though. That's mm. the one I want to win. Yeah, right. <laughs> that would be pretty cool. Debut Bathurst win. That that might yeah. shut up the haters. <laughs> yeah, I mean, anyone can win Bathurst, but uh we had good pace there last year, but yeah, we'll wait and see. It's I mean, we've come out of round one. Chaz is the leader in the championship, like he, uh, he goes all right at Bathurst. Yeah, no, nah, they're quick at Bathurst and they've carried some form over. So, I, to be honest, I think this year is a bit more shaken up than what everyone thinks. Yeah, yeah. What uh, to, I meant to ask you before about the top 10 shootout. Yeah. Was that a pretty cool that, experience? That is insane. Really? That's really cool. The first day, like, I, I qualified 10th and I finished 10th in the shootout. It was pretty average. But, like, j- just driving onto the straight, like, the warm-up lap's not bad. But when you come out of the last corner, I'm like, every single person in like who's watch, everyone's everyone, watching me yeah. like yeah. that's it no one's watching yeah. anyone else for this one lap um so yeah that that is cool like i was speaking to anton after and he's like it's pretty cool isn't it i'm like yeah mate it was awesome he's like wait till you get to bathurst and do one or something like that but that's that's sick like you get one lap to do it um everyone's watching any mistake you make everyone's going to be critical of because it's a shootout sort of thing so for my first time to get two under my belt um yeah i think someone garth tander said to me i'm the only person since scotty mack to make my first two shootouts so wow. that that was pretty cool um to do and just hopefully we keep making more and keep moving up uh so the on the second shootout you fit you got fourth. fourth in that one yeah what was that lap like it was okay really um yet the conditions changed throughout the session like it got a bit drier and then anton got a bit more wet at the end um oh sorry Chaz got a bit wet at the end but yeah it was it was an all right lap. Um, but yeah, like for my first shootouts, I was happy with them. Like there's so many things I need to do better, but it's just understanding like my first shootout, I made a, um, yeah, a couple of stupid mistakes and stuff like that, but just keep doing them. You know what I mean? Just, I just want to be in that top 10 and keep doing shootouts. Like these guys have been do- like done 50, like above 50 sort of shootouts. I've done two. So is there, a, you've got to approach it a different way. Like there's a real specific way to try and uh, get a lap like that done. Yeah, it's just balls to the wall. <laughs> like it's yeah. this big send sort of thing. Like in qualifying, you, you still only really get one lap on your tires. So it's still your one lap thing, but you normally get two runs. Yeah. So when you go to the shootout, it's like, okay, this is it. You got to, and you're trying to, it's like everything you're trying to push to 100% limit if you go 1% over you stuff up you start p10 you know mm. if you go 1% less you start p like p5 sort of thing so um it was just a cool feeling for me to get out of the car be p4 i was pretty happy with that yeah because there's there's been some uh v8 races that i've been at scotty mack was just laying it down and there's you know you see how close the boys are getting to the wall on some of the circuits and it is just a complete send fest and it's just it's so impressive to watch i guess you're sending it in the race but it's just a different level and then when you you get to have like just that visual of the one car doing doing its thing and just absolutely going for it it is honestly it's so cool like that was my highlight of the weekend probably being in the shootouts but like you don't care about the tires you know your minimum feel like you're just having a dip sort of thing (laughs) but it i was sort of thinking about a couple of weeks ago it'd be cool to see some other sports do something like that like even if do they do monster energy cup anymore or not uh griff do they do monster cup anymore they haven't done it in yeah. a couple of years. It'd be cool to see like one of like imagine if Supercross did a well, shootout. Geneva they do it. Uh or they do it at Paris, Bercy. 
yeah, yeah okay. i think they've done it at ozx yeah it's sick man like the boys absolutely go for it yeah eh? i mean like it'd be cool to see some other stuff in the other sports and see if you can go to um fuck tim geyser bursey lap he like dude some of the euro boys at bursey just absolutely send it on the on the super crowd i think they call it like super pole or something like that you know it would also be sick you know how we do like co-drives at like Bathurst and stuff like yeah. that? Imagine if they did that in F1. What? How? Like did like a one-off race yeah. and you reserve drive as your co-driver. That would be pretty sick. Like a like, like an enduro Anyone could thing. win. Yeah. You true. did like a two times race distance. Yeah. And then every, yeah. Like imagine that. It would yeah, be. Yeah. Another 20 drivers on the grid that have very little experience. Like the slowest, the slowest car in the grid could win can you imagine how much money that would cost the teams in damages oh, I know. <laughs> but that's like i watch nascar and stuff like that in the states like they do sick stuff like they rest the la coliseum yeah um they build a track in a coliseum they do way more novelty they put kind of dirt stuff. on yeah. bristol like they just do stuff that no one thinks about and that's yeah. something that i think like we're certainly not NAS- like nascar is its own thing like they yeah. do weird stuff but i think that's something where or everyone in the world can learn from is just doing something different and it works yeah well and you're right like Bathurst is the best example of that yeah. because you've got you know it's not like they're uh, second rate drivers but they're not guys that are in the series they're yeah, not they super familiar once, with once the cars yeah and then you go into like the craziest track like an in, a long endurance race super prestigious yeah does create crazy drama yeah, it is I just think like um, yeah different stuff's always good yeah oh, I'm with you um just go Geyser uh, Bercy Supercross B-E-R-C-Y Supercross oh one thing what's the go with this new Supercross thing the world championship I actually don't know I'm gonna have Sando and Bailey on the podcast yeah, okay. next week because yeah. I actually don't know that much about it um, go yeah just type, type it into YouTube and just put Super Pole I think yeah, I don't know much about it. But it's confusing, hey? Because this year it's not a world championship, the AMA. Yeah, no, it's just uh, a couple of... Um, I think it's only like a few rounds this year. Yeah. I'm excited about it, man. I'm fucking keen to travel. Oh, yeah. oh here, here you go. go. Bang, watch the Send Good. Fest. So this is shootout? Yeah. Like, watch this motherfucker later. <laughs> I'll try to turn it off a bit. Oh, this sounds fucked. But like, yeah, you yeah, can... they're just having a full swing. Fully laying it down, dude. And the crowd's got... Look at the scrubs <laughs> on the guy. Absolute wild, man. I forgot he was sponsored by Monster a bit ago. So this was 2017. Yeah, this is sick, isn't it, though? Oh, like, and the crowd is it, losing it, dude. Imagine like top 10 shootout down 450s or something. Oh, or the like... boys would lay it down. <laughs> oh! <laughs> <laughs> yeah that is sick fully having a go but i mean this is what you guys are doing i know this is just cooler (laughs) yeah i guess it just looks rad so is it the same uh in a car where like let's say you've got this lap where it's just like one lap absolutely wedged are you and that does the technique kind of go out the window and then that's what can cost you the time because you look at jet right and it's like perfect technique yeah. but he's going full speed he'd be good in a shootout <laughs> so is that like, is it the same in a car where it's like this is the technique of how you drive a car properly uh in terms of like gear changes and yeah. the clutch and brake and 
all of the fundamentals and it's like the balance is trying to keep those fundamentals uh techniques working correctly while you're also pushing the limit 100 percent. yeah you can't just send it and like smash down the gears and think it's going to work so it's about doing all the same stuff you're doing but just executing the best lap possible obviously i've only done two so yeah, not the best yeah. person to talk about it but yeah it's um like yeah jet would be the perfect example of a shootout you know what i mean he looks smooth as hits his marks but it's just going that extra couple of meters in the brakes getting on the gas a little bit earlier um but yeah like you watch a shootout around bathurst like scotty max lap like did 203 even Chaz's last year every pole lap at the bathurst 1000 you watch that and you're like they're gonna have a crash they're gonna have a crash like it's it's ballsy just on the edge especially bathurst like bathurst is out of control let alone like trying to get pole position in a shootout <laughs> it's pretty I just, wild, yeah, I just like obviously hopefully we get the top 10 shootout this year up there but like even qualifying last year it's a crazy joint yeah. every time you come down the mountain you're like oh, mate, really it, yeah it's yeah it's proper so yeah the, I'm, I'm staring at the barrel of a 12 hour so are uh, you thinking about doing it are you yeah I want to do it with Danny Rick did you I'm doing his, it this year I, the 12 yeah, hour yeah. that's sick I might try and come to it just to just to watch when yeah. is it uh, May like 12 to 14 or something oh, like that I might be away um, yeah I, I, I said to Danny I was like first year you retire let's do 12, 12 hour, hour. But I've never driven a car. Like, never raced. <laughs> it's a big ass. It is a pretty big ass. <laughs> I got, like, what, three years probably to do it? I don't know. You tell me. You're his mate. Well, no. Three, <laughs> I, well, I don't know. I reckon maybe three, four years. I don't know yeah. when he's going to retire, actually. But I'm guessing I've got a few years. That's what I'll say to uh, to try and figure it out. Yeah. What do you reckon about the new cars? Do you like them? I do like the new they cars. They look cool, don't they? I like the fact that the McLaren's super fast. Well, are they? I reckon. I reckon. Maybe Chase has got some secret <laughs> info here. I reckon they're fast. No, no, it's hard to read into testing. It, it is hard, but they did look good. Yeah, they were, they were there. I think, yeah, last day, Mercedes and Red Bull were still quickest, but it's so hard to know. Yeah. It'd yeah, be cool a- to see. I'm I'm, si- I'm so excited. I'm racing at the Grand Prix, like our third round of the championships yeah. of Formula One. So yeah. I'm like keen as just to go there as a fan, basically, let alone race. It's going to be awesome. Have you watched the, for, the F1 before? Been once. In yeah. 2014, I went to Australia. Yeah. And me and Jack actually did an exhibition lap in our go-kart. Oh, really? So, everyone's like, oh, you drove the Grand Prix second? I'm like, yeah, I've done one lap. <laughs> it, was <laughs> like a, it was like a four-minute lap time, but yeah, I've done one lap. <laughs> That's so sick. So, I'm keen. Like, hopefully, I get to meet a few of the boys and stuff, but yeah. it'd be cool. Yeah, dude. I, yeah, I can't wait for it. I was there in... 2019 or was it what was the one that got cancelled 2020 2020. yeah it was 2020 yeah yeah Yeah, so i was there doing uh the podcast for red bull the f1 podcast yeah and uh i was fucking so pumped to like meet all the boys and then we did i did like interviews with alex and max and then shane and uh j-dub yeah and then they just pulled, pulled the pin so i've still i was there and there was sessions but i've never seen an f1 car yeah. on the track yeah it's i'm so keen like, i'm just that keen to see it this year yeah. i think same as australia i'm pretty sure it's sold out really i'm pretty sure general emissions sold out especially for race day so uh drive to survive working it's magic but there's a lot more people going this year which is cool yeah it's really cool i, I just hope we get a big crowd there and hopefully yeah you know a few people see the v8s for the first time as well yeah i just hope yeah i, I mean i'm super keen for danny to have a good season i yeah. just so badly hope yeah. that that car's i nah, deserves good. it yeah oh man 100 last had, year was just yeah such he's a, had a rough trot like 
But crazy to get a win in a season that's what so you were average. struggling so bad. In. I know. I feel like that's the thing that's it's like you go for a game of golf. You have seventeen. You have seventeen bad holes, but you have that one good race or good hole. You keep going back. Yeah, yeah. So I think uh, seems like early, yeah, obviously early days. But I think for McLaren to be up there, I'm hoping that I'm hoping that um, yeah. that'd be a bit better. I don't. Th- yeah, I think championships still out of reach, but yeah. Think all they gotta do is just keep closing the gap. Yeah, just keep getting on the box, maybe yeah. get a couple wins. Yeah, and... exactly. Like, man, last year I'm so keen to see drafters vibe because last year was the gnarliest season ever. It was hectic, it was dude. sick. I don't know enough about like all the rules and yeah. stuff for the whole deal, but yeah, I mean, I was even watching the trailer last night for Drive to Survive, <laughs> and the way that Lewis pumped Max off the track was at Silverstone. Silverstone yeah fuck off i'm glad max won the title because it's just like there was so you know you can say whatever you want about that last race but i feel like there were so many things through the season where max oh, just got yeah jacked. i mean lewis i don't know if i'll get hate for this lewis should have won that like he was should have won that race the, the, the Abu Dhabi, like he was he was miles in front they, the safety car happened max won yeah Max 100% deserved to win the championship. Though. Yeah, yeah, like, he yeah. lost so many races by right. bad luck. Like, yeah. he had a tire failure at uh, Azerbaijan when he was leading, taken out by Lewis at Silverstone, taken out by Bodass at Hungary. Like, there's probably like yeah. 50 to 70 points that he missed out on easy. 100%. But, it, yeah, if, if Lewis won, like, yeah, I think he deserved to win the race, but he didn't deserve to win the title. I'm pretty wearing the exact same gear. Yeah. Because yeah. I just, that Silverstone one to me was just bullshit. I was yeah. so over it. Don't and, know if I'm on that full same page, but. Oh, you don't reckon? I was just hardcore racing. Like, yeah. um, who was on the inside? Lewis was on the inside, but he missed the apex and hit him. But yeah. yeah I, it's looked, a, I feel like that's a, you'd know it's hardcore, but a that's racer. a racing incident. Like, yeah, yeah. It, it's hard to penalise one person. Well, I guess that's the, the worst same. thing is, though, Lewis went on to win the race. Yeah. That's like 25 points that he got by yeah. getting Max out of the race. Well, I think that's probably more so the thing is like, just, I don't know, it felt like the way that he dealt with it and the way that it yeah. all went down. I was just like, ah, oh, fuck this. I'm out on this now. Yeah. I, I fully want Max to win. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, oh, it's cool to see a new world champion and running the number one. Like, yeah. I'm sick of people running the same number. I want to see number one out there. It should be mandatory. Uh, yeah. I I reckon. I don't know. I feel like it should be their choice. I just don't know why people don't run number one. Yeah, yeah. I feel like they're so sold to their number and like... But you could still run your number on your helmet. Yeah, I know. Like it's, there's a way... I reckon there's a way to do it. I feel like number the only one, person baby. that I know is like their number's so strong to them that's been watching. Like obviously Valley, but like Marquez is like massive Marquez fan but he's like 93 yeah I feel like if he went number one like his brand's pretty big with 93 sort of thing yeah but I feel like when Mir won I feel like he could have gone I suppose people get so connected to their number but yeah, yeah I'd 100% run number but I one. feel like run the run it on your bike or yeah, your run car it on your year, yeah. and then just run everything else like keep your own branding it's yeah. not like you have to be a ghost like oh, Casey, Casey did it, it. Yeah. a little 27 in the number yeah 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 I think there's ways to do it yeah for sure so you're saying when you win the championship you'll run a number one yeah <laughs> yeah love it hopefully one day yeah so uh you'll get me out at Norwell you reckon give me some Mate, tips yeah we've been talking about doing it haven't yeah. we for a while now so yeah 
Yeah, it'll have to happen. If the twelve hours happening, you're gonna need to come out a lot. <laughs> yeah, well, so that's the thing. So I, I said to, I said to Danny, I was like, righto, I want to do it. I reckon it'd be super fucking fun. He's always said that he wanted to do it. He's like, I'll definitely be on good terms with McLaren. We can definitely get the car. And it's funny, some things have unfolded since we like kind of threw it out there. So uh, Jam Motorsports at the Bend. Yeah, they've got, got a drive on you. Yeah? Hey, yeah, they've got some cars out there and they hit me up. They're like, you can come out and drive a GT3 car. So I'll get the bend on the sim and I'll ask him which configuration it is yeah. and I'll, I'll get in the sim. But yeah, just get out to Norwell, do some driving. You know, I'll, I'll buy a little shitty car if that's what it get takes. Get an XL, mate. Yeah, get an Gypsy XL. Gypsy gang racing. Gypsy I'd, I'd be <laughs> sick to do... I wonder if there's like a team that you could get in and just do like one of those 86 races or something. I for feel like... if if you're a novice like 86 is probably a bit bit too serious is it too full on yeah it's like the the kids are quick yeah kids are real quick honestly like i remember us talking once there's like a thousand dollar there's a 24 hours of lemons yeah uh, it's like right. a 24 hour race and your your car can't be worth more than a thousand dollars before you put the safety yeah. before you put the safety equipment in i feel like that that'd That's be a sick race you guys or if you did like even if you did a bit of excel stuff like Excel's like beginner stuff. It's it's cool, but the 24-hour lemons. That's the I'd move. drive with you, mate. That'd be cool. That'd be pretty sick. Yeah, <laughs> we should definitely do it. We'll get Sammy in it as well. Yeah, yeah. That that's cool. That's just like um, yeah. I just a race for people who just want to go race 24 hours. Yeah, I'm there. We like doing dumb shit. Me yeah, and Sammy cool. driving a Manji. I think that's the the funnest thing is just like you kind of get these really out there ambitious goals. But like I just said to Danny, I was like, look, basically you do all the good driving. I'll just try not is to put it in the wall. In <laughs> yeah, I think I don't think he cares. Hey, eh? I think he's just down for a good time. Yeah, we're just got to figure out a third driver. There's a few options on the table. So yeah, just that, mate. Just get out. About this twelve hour champ. Could happen. Trophy would look good in here. It would look good in here. There's a couple. There's a one, two, five cup. Yeah. There's a day in the dirt. Oh, you got his. Is his wine? Yeah, bit? got the got the wine there. I'm saving that for I don't know who. Good day. Hey, for a good day. Yeah, save that for a good day. Maybe when the great man's in here. Cool. <laughs> well, mate, thanks for coming in. Not a problem. Thanks for having me on. It's good to be on. Yeah, no, I figure we've talked about it for yeah. a bit, but I figure this is the weekend. Good time to do it. Yeah, you come in, you killed it. Everyone's real proud of you. We're all super stoked for you, mate. Thank you. Excited to have another uh, another dog in the fight, you know. Yeah, yeah, that's good. The boys are the boys are all be will be cheering you on. It'd be cool to get to some races as well. Yeah, no, it'd be good. Part of the fan club. No, it'd be sick. Yeah. Any, anything else worth talking about that you got coming up or who's gonna win the supercross championship the real question Ooh, it'd be pretty hard to Eli. bet against eli at this Eli's point eh? yeah. yeah but i would love to see ando win it yeah yeah i'm an eli fan so are you your full tomac tomac and i've been tomac since like 2015 2016 okay. and as soon as sexton came in i'm a massive fan of him because he's like i feel like he's sort of in my shoes yeah yeah sort of thing um yeah so basically, you're gonna make Giz retire. <laughs> I think is that what you say? I think Giz is a bit more hardcore than Kenny. <laughs> <laughs> so basically, what you're saying is, you think you're Chase Sexton because you're gonna come in, no, and in your not. second year, you're gonna be the guy that makes Giz retire from racing. No, that's not. That what is I'm saying. Hectic. That's not what I'm saying. That is at all. hectic. That's exactly <laughs> what you just said. Mate, he's a rookie. Mate, he's a rookie. Speed Cafe is gonna have an absolute field day with that one. Fuck, is intense. Are set. Clickbait for sure. <laughs> Gotta do it. 
All right, well, appreciate it, mate. Thanks well, for um, having me. It's been good. Yeah, we'll uh, definitely, like, even Sam was saying, he's like, get Feeney in now, first ever rookie, yeah. and then we'll get him back in when he wins the championship. I feel Easy. like it's going to happen. But yeah, you got to open invite whenever you want. And any Sunday that you're around. Yeah, Supercross, I'm keen as. Did you add COVID the day or something? Were you sick? Nah, and I was at home. Why didn't you come in the day that Jack was in here? <laughs> His mess- I, had my- I had a couple of mates over and oh. I was like, I got the message and it was sort of like, I was like, oh, I'm ready to go. And then it was like, oh yeah, we'll do it another time. I'm like, oh, okay. Was that on my end? It was or- a bit, it was a bit up in the air. I feel okay. like if I rocked up, it- oh no, you said you didn't have another mic or something. Oh, that's what it was. You had three people. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. It's getting kicked out. Yeah. Right. Fair. And Jack's leaving. You're here. Yeah. Forever. I know. Yeah. How's Jack going to go this year? I hope good. Yeah. I hope good. He's really happy being with Alpine. I've been speaking to him quite a lot this year. Yeah. Um, he's, yeah, he's really happy where he is. So he obviously left the Red Bull Academy um, end of last year and he's gone Alpine. He's loving that. He said they're putting a big, big effort into him. Um, so, yeah, I think he just had finished testing. Same sort of thing, though. I haven't spoken to him about it, but it's hard to read into F2 testing. But mm. he's in a good team. He's got good people around him, good academy. So, uh, yeah, I think... The recipe is there for a good year for him. Do you think that, just to, sorry to go back a bit, do you think that you've kind of done almost like the Red Bull Academy thing to like a real small scale, like here in Oz? Like, yeah. Do you think that that's sort of something that people are going to maybe try and sort of start to do? And because and, you see in a lot of forms of racing, you'll have like one real experienced driver and then and young one kid. young kid that they've kind of pulled up through the through the ranks like you're kind of the first red bull academy style driver yeah especially in australia and it was cool last year like i i was an athlete but i wasn't an athlete like now i'm a red bull signed athlete but yeah red bull sponsored my car last year sort of thing and the dream was sold to because obviously i have to convince red bull yeah. um roland had to convince red bull to take me on so he sort of put to them i was like the max you know the young kid that's coming yeah. through so um groves have started a junior team so they're a supercar team in australia grove racing they've started an academy yeah they've got okay. a couple of kids that they're they're pushing up to be in supercars so yeah that, that's what sort of something i mentioned on earlier you know like the vr46 academy one day i'd like to have my own thing where i you know yeah. hopefully try and help some kids come through is there is there some real good talent in the in australia right now yeah. that you could see some more 18 year olds like how many how many more 18 year olds do you think we could see in this series in the next couple of years um yeah like 18s yeah it's pretty like even myself it's pretty young but yeah. there is there is definitely some standouts like no doubt about it there's some standouts but it's just how they progress over the next couple of years but i got no doubt there'll be some yeah 19 20 year olds in on the grid soon and yeah. it's to be honest it's all guys that go through morris yeah it's all, really? all guys that hang out there doing a really good job but um, yeah, I feel like Paul's got his sort of something happening there and, you know, he's, he's, there's something in the water and all, well, like the kids yeah. are turning out quick. Really? Yeah. So hopefully one day there'll be a BF 88 or BF 93 Academy. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, I can see it <laughs> happening. All right, brother. Well, best of luck in Tassie. Thanks, mate. And, um, yeah, we'll talk to you very soon. Thanks very much. Cheers. Cheers, mate. Unreal, brother. Easy as. That was Thank awesome. You. That was fucking good fun. That was cool. That went quick, eh?